This is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday edition of the program, inviting you to join us here. If you want to take control of the airwaves, you can do that. The number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Coming up, uh, there's a lot that we can discuss Uh, on the way tonight. There's apparently what some people are calling a revival of the cassette tape, which is ridiculous and stupid, um, which we, we can get into that. Plus... The latest on this uh, prostitution sting down in Florida that ensnared the Patriots owner. Apparently, there's another billionaire who's now uh, on the wanted list for visiting one of these uh, jack shacks, for lack of, of a better term. And uh, so we get, you know, get all that. Plus, Americans apparently, uh, Richie Rich is with me here. I'm Ian Freeman. Hey, Richie. Hello. Uh, we may be joined by another Rich here at some point if, if he didn't pass out. I'm not sure. Where, <laughs> I'm not sure where Rich Paul is right now. But uh, so also Americans call the government the top problem in the United States. So we can discuss that. Plus Bitcoin in Venezuela. I don't know how much of this we're going to be able to fit in, but let's start with uh, the fast food update. Something that a lot of Americans have in common is their love for for fast food. And of course, the faster it is, the better it is, right? Like sometimes, yeah. I'm okay sitting around for a little bit for a, for a better burger. True, uh, but if you're in a hurry, you know, you want to get the food quickly. Uh, it's nicer when it's a little bit faster rather than having to sit in a, a tremendous line to uh, pick up the food that you're you're waiting on. And if it's an automated attendant who you're talking to when you are placing your order. Is it possible that that's going to make things go smoother rather than make things more difficult? And uh, speak of the devil, and uh, and he has appeared. Hello, Rich Paul. Satan himself right here. <laughs> <laughs> story, Welcome, sir. Stories coming from the uh, San Francisco gate at SF gate. Oh, actually, the Washington Post, I guess, originally. Uh, Peter Holly writing that uh, the drive through window is often considered the most harrowing assignment inside a fast food restaurant. Richie, you've worked in fast food before. Have you ever done uh, drive through uh, not the fast. I worked at a salad restaurant for okay. fast food, so never, never a drive-through window. Gotcha. It's a nonstop whirlwind of multitasking. The gig involves organizing multiple orders, communicating with the kitchen, counting money, and negotiating with an endless stream of customers who range from polite and coherent to angry and inebriated. That's more me. All less, for less they inebriated. left out guano loco. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> you get a lot of. I've done drive-through, done this? and yeah, it's. Uh, it's not my thing. It's not what I like in the least bit, but I, I have done it. Where was the ta- last, uh, last place? I think Taco Bell was the last okay. place I did it. How long ago? Um, it would have been in the early 90s, I think. Did you ever hear about those pranks where uh, where guys with the right radio equipment will show up in a nearby parking lot and uh, receive the, the radio transmissions and then broadcast over top of uh, you know, the, the, the two-way unit, basically, to where they can talk to the customers? You ever seen any of those pranks? Uh, no, I They're haven't. Pretty entertaining. That does sound like fun. Yeah, that seems like <laughs> yeah. a harmless and fun prank. Right. <laughs> Not the ones where they walk up and you know throw the milkshake back at the cashier. Yeah, that's, that's rude. Cool. Those are awful. Uh, there was the one guy that um, he was actually from from Sarasota, Florida, where I'm I'm originally from, who would drive up to a uh, you know like a McDonald's or a Burger King, would order an ice cream cone. And then proceed to just stick it into his face. So he didn't do anything to the the person who was giving him the cone. He would just take the cone. He'd pay the pay him for the cone, right? And then just proceed to just stick it, you know, like directly into his face. Okay. And uh, it was it was hilarious. 
what was particularly was he playing fun. the Grateful Dead when he did this? Because I don't think so. One of their symbols young. is actually a guy named Eddie with an ice cream <laughs> cone on his head. So uh, the working funny, on his performance art, maybe. The really funny thing was the reactions of, of course, the the drive-through person, the. McDonald's drive-through person started to get angry because he what what he would do is he'd drive around and then order another <laughs> ice cream cone at the same McDonald's and then proceed to put it into his face again paying for the cone. Okay. So he's a paying customer and could he have been a man with an eating disorder? <laughs> right. Well, it's like the old joke from Airplane, right? Where they, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I might have a drinking problem. Right, and then he throws, throws it into his, his, his ear. I think it was in his ear or something like well, that. Well, he it? he threw one in his face. Yeah. I think he threw one over his yeah. shoulder. He threw them everywhere. <laughs> so it was like that joke. But man, the uh, the person behind the drive-through had no sense of humor whatsoever and got really angry. Threatened to call the police on him. But you're cutting into his standing around. <laughs> <laughs> like the manager was also involved and angry. Like the whole crew at McDonald's was, they like had a big stick up their butt about this guy just having a little bit of fun um, and, you know, making a mess of his own car. He did, they didn't have to clean it up or anything like that. So he, then when he went to Burger King, he got a completely different response. <laughs> the Burger King people were just laughing. They thought it was hilarious. Have it your way. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I once got kicked out of a drive-thru for showing really? up on a bicycle. But we were, you know, they hate that stuff. I don't know why. Some of them. The, well, the rest, the inside yeah. restaurant was closed for the night, and we were hungry. We just happened to be out late. Most fast food places have a policy that they won't accept people on bicycles or pedestrians or walkthroughs. Yeah. At the, um, at the drive-up window, and the reason is they don't want them to get hit by cars. Yeah. Well, they're in there now. It seems stupid to yeah. me because you know yeah. you. Most of us know that we're not allowed to hit bicycles or pedestrians <laughs> or other cars. So you know we're we're aware that. Whatever it is that's right. there in front of the drive-thru, we're not allowed to hit it. And we had already made um, it to the order window, right? Yeah. I mean. Oh, that's silly. Yeah. That's silly. So back to the story here from the SF gate. If that juggling act wasn't hard enough, and they, of course they point out that all this is frequently done for a minimum wage uh, pay, paycheck. Uh, no fast food place pays minimum wage These days, anymore. probably not. McDonald's pays like 10 bucks an hour, yeah. 11 bucks an hour, depending on where you go. Maybe it's minimum wage in uh, San Francisco where they've raised the minimum wage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if you raise minimum wage high enough, everybody <laughs> right. pays minimum wage. If the, <laughs> it says here, a giant timer hangs in many drive through kitchens, adding urgency to each task, according to former workers. Though the drive through gauntlet has broken many a fast food worker, the newest employee at Good Times Burgers in Frozen Custard in Denver won't be feeling the heat anytime soon. That's because she's an artificially intelligent voice assistant, emotion-free and immune to stress, with the ability to operate a drive through window without fatigue, bathroom breaks, or compensation. She fills a classically American job nearly a century in the making, a rite of passage for generations of teenagers that could be in the very early stages of a mass extinction. But first, Rob Carpenter, CEO and founder of Valiant AI, an artificial intelligence company that designed the customer service platform, will have to prove that his model works as well as he says that it does. The AI assistant has endured months of testing but officially began handling the restaurant's breakfast orders last week. If the fledgling assistant runs into any technical issues, the transaction is handed off to a human employee inside the restaurant. How is that any different from the kiosks that some McDonald's have inside? It's no different. Okay. Just it, without a punch screen. It's all yeah. voice. Okay. Right? Yeah, it sounds have a punch like screen. it runs on voice recognition. And does it do any of the physical work of actually delivering the... I doubt it. No, it's just AI at this point. So it's not a robot. Okay. Not a robot system. They do have burger making robots, though. But yeah, they're working on that yeah. stuff, too, for sure. 
Uh, the uh, they say here it's endured months of testing, and it again has started breakfast orders. So the system they say takes a lot of friction out of interactions between customers and employees. Said the CEO, noting the AI was designed to sound like an amiable woman's voice. "Quote: The AI never gets offended, and it will just keep talking to you in a very nice, or excuse me, a very calm and friendly voice." See, that's not what I want. I no. mean, I want an AI where I can go and troll that thing and, like, piss it off. <laughs> See, and, and I might want that because I, I, I was talking to Ian prior to the show, and I said I had an anecdote to share yeah. about this particular issue. So I'm, I'm originally from Hawaii, right. and in Hawaii, we do not celebrate daylight savings time. Excellent. So this is when, you know, prior to the days of all day breakfast. No one celebrates. Uh, yeah, daylight. I don't okay. think anybody celebrates. <laughs> well, we pay zero attention to it. Right. It's like, oh, what time do I have to you call don't you? You recognize now? it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is when McDonald's had their uh, breakfast going up until like 1030 a.m., right? Didn't at, they go 24 hour, though? At some point, yes. Yeah, but this is not when that years? happened. Okay, gotcha. So I, I, I'm, this is going to sound a, li- a little like the patriarchy, but I sent my girlfriend at the time to go to go get us some breakfast. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning. Breakfast ends at 10.30. She goes to the drive-thru and is turned away because they thought it was 11 a.m. What? Right. I'm going to leave it as a cliffhanger because I hear the music. All right. There's more coming up here. Uh, your calls and thoughts are welcome. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And uh, you can join us on our Discord server as well over at discord.lrn.fm. This is the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Your comments, welcome. It's Free Talk Live. Live Sunday edition of the show. You dial toll free and join us here. Our number is 855-450-FREE like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. If you are an individual who rejects the initiation of force and agrees to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle, then you qualify to use liberty.menu. If you aren't that kind of individual, then stay away. Liberty.menu is for liberty-minded folks who want to help promote the thing that they do. So if you're a digital content creator, if you have an event, if you are a business person, you can let other liberty-friendly folks know that you exist. It's basically a, a business directory, and it's easy to use. It's uh, very pretty. It's nice, and it's free. So go to uh, liberty.menu. You can get started there. You can use code FTL on your user profile and get a special Free Talk Live listener badge. And again, free to list your businesses for other libertarians, voluntarists, liberty-loving anarchists to find out about. So unless you don't want free publicity... You know, then you should go to liberty.menu. That's liberty.menu as we continue here. Ian Rich and Richie in the uh, the studio here tonight. We're talking about the AI, or at least what they're calling AI. Now, of course, it's just a glorified voice prompt where it's you know programmed to recognize human voice. And maybe there's even like a screen. It wouldn't surprise me if this is like yeah. paired with an order screen because that would make more sense. It would seem like that you'd get less wrong if you let the customer see the thing that they're ordering. You know, mm. be, there'd be fewer errors between the communication. That's kind of why I asked if it was like the yeah. inside kiosks because if you can put the display on the outside. They could. <laughs> I mean, that's not hard to do, okay. right? Like displays are, are cheap these yeah. days. The hard thing to do would be the touch screen within reach of a car window because that's always, I don't know if you've pulled up to, yeah. you know, banks where the ATM machine is stuck in the wall and uh that can be it can be tricky really yeah. awkward you know especially if you have short arms 
Or if you're a bad driver. <laughs> or if you're a bad yeah. driver, absolutely. Uh, so, But it hasn't been clear if there was a screen involved yet, so I'm okay. not, not sure about that. This is a story from the San Francisco Gate about the new technology that has taken over drive through for the breakfast shift at a, a store, or I guess a, a drive through location in Denver. According to the story, it's Good Times Burgers and Frozen, uh, frozen Customer, Custard. Anyway, the owner and CEO, rather, of the company that's doing the the AI work says, the AI never gets offended, and it'll just keep talking to you in a very calm and friendly voice. There's an immediate benefit for employees as well. Quote, over the course of an eight-hour shift, they don't have to repeat the same welcome language hundreds of times. Now, Richie, you were telling us a story, and I don't think we actually got through the whole thing. Can you recap it briefly? Yes. So uh, I'm from Hawaii, where there's no daylight savings time. Right. So I sent my girlfriend to the drive-thru to pick us up some breakfast. Uh, at 10 in the morning. This Patriarchy. Is when, yeah, that's what I was saying. And uh, this is when McDonald's ended breakfast at 1030. So we had time. And she came home empty-handed because she was told at the drive through window that breakfast had ended already um, because it was 11 o'clock. Because McDonald's is uh, recognizing daylight saving time in Hawaii? Uh, imagine this. So I called the McDonald's, and I don't get a hold of anybody. So I'm furious right. at this point. I call the other McDonald's. Like uh, in a in a neighboring town. Is it the same franchisee? I don't know. Okay. I didn't care. Just calling yep. McDonald's to talk to a manager to find out what is going on and okay. why I could You're not mad. get my breakfast. Yep. <laughs> and I was told that the drive-through operator was in Texas, <laughs> and they had celebrated daylight savings time and didn't know what time it was in Hawaii, which is why we were turned away. Wow. So they were still serving breakfast in the restaurant. In the but restaurant. At the drive-through, it was no longer available due to. Texas operator. A human operator, though, right? This was a right. human operator in, in, in Texas. Texas. Which is why I'm okay with, you know, AI taking my order because... They're going to get it right. They'll probably get it right. Right. Yeah. Although it's quite possible and likely that it wasn't the human operator who made the mistake, but rather that whoever set up the system put that restaurant in the wrong time zone in zone. the first place. Yeah, it could be. That's um, possible, but sometimes you go to McDonald's and you see the person taking your order with the headset on. Right. right. And this one was apparently like either fraudulent because they were they were in Texas thinking that it right. was the wrong time. Well, did she see the person with the headset on? I don't know. That I wasn't point? I wasn't there. OK. I wonder how the other how thing is they is. could be using the uh, the call center uh, for overflow. That's true. Like have one person on uh, on there. But if you've got two order stations, then you could route the second one. to. I Texas. wonder how common it is that McDonald's are outsourcing the uh, the drive through. That's interesting. Um. Yeah. It's it's kind of surprising to me that me they would do that. Yeah. It seems like a bad value. It doesn't seem as efficient. <laughs> I mean, I can almost see if if there was a version of India where they spoke perfect English, mm-hmm. I can see outsourcing <laughs> it there. Yeah. But I can't see outsourcing it to, to Texas because I don't see why labor is going to be significantly cheaper down there unless they're just scooping up illegal aliens and, you know, putting them to work at four dollars an hour. Uh, fresh over the border. I don't know. Well, for a while, the Texas minimum wage, wasn't it like closer to the federal minimum wage? So that Maybe. may have played a role. Um, so they pay less because in I, Hawaii, yeah. it's probably pretty high, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is Hawaii. So Hawaii is its own little socialist utopia 
Yes. Do they have like a? Have they gotten to the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage? I think yet? they're currently around ten, and they're working up towards the fifteen over the next okay. few years. Okay, who's at fifteen now? Like some cities are Seattle, like San Seattle. Francisco, yeah. and Seattle. Or? That sounds right. And I think um, somewhere in New York, New York, maybe New yeah. York City. Is it New York it. State working toward it, or I'm just sure. New York City? I know the city is. I'm not sure about the state. Wow, I know they're starting to have uh, one of those towns is starting to have what they're calling a restaurant recession. I think it's uh, city, New, New York, York City, New York City. Yeah, yeah, there was an article about that because they are raising the rates over a few years to fifteen dollars yeah. an hour, and already people are getting their jobs cut because they have to. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, but of course that's not going to last last forever either because you know people get. Um, Oh, there's still going to be people wanting to eat, sure. and if well, the restaurants are all closing down, then the existing restaurant or the remaining restaurants are going to raise their prices. Of course, um, of course, it's got to happen. But they're still cutting staff. Right now, they're cutting staff. Sure, if you've got a job, you may lose it entirely, or you'll lose hours, one or the other. Typically, yeah, yeah they'll downsize the restaurant industry, but then it will grow back with higher prices. Is yeah. my prediction. Yeah, of course. Because uh, there's only so, so many ways that a business owner can respond to a cost increase like that. You either cut the staff, mm-hmm. increase the responsibilities, you know, on the existing uh, staff or whatever, what, whichever ones you have left, or you raise your prices, or you cut the quality of the product. And with mm-hmm. restaurants, you can only cut that so far, so you have to raise prices, right? And yeah, I want to invite and- the liberty-friendly uh, restaurant workers from New York to move here. Because every restaurant we go to has help wanted signs up everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there, there's demand here for your services. Yeah, um, uh, my roommate Matt used to work in restaurants, and he says the uh, service here is terrible generally. Like, He's right. Like it would be hard as well. If you were like decent at showing up on time, you know, it probably wouldn't be hard for you to do fine. As far as I that, believe it, that world is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to the uh, the AI. This is from sfgate.com, running the drive-through at a, a place in Denver. Intelligent interactive machines once the once the stuff of sci-fi movies and futuristic fantasy are quickly becoming a reality, especially in the fast food dining world where reputation rules and improvisation is limited. In restaurants around the globe, machines are already taking orders, flipping burgers, preparing pizzas, pouring stiff drinks, and cooking entire meals in full view of hungry customers. Fast food restaurants like uh, food restaurants like Starbucks, Wendy's, Panera, and McDonald's encourage customers to order using self-service kiosks or their mobile app. But Valiant AI appears to be one of the first companies to create a platform for taking orders via an interactive AI voice assistant, one who also happens to be the first company representative that many customers will encounter. There's more coming up here, and you can share your thoughts on the future. Automation and computerization of the fast food industry, it seems inevitable at this point. You want to comment? You can. 855-450-FREE, like freedom. The Bitcoin.com wallet is a simple and powerful full-featured wallet that allows you to send and receive Bitcoin, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash, BCH, with anyone, anywhere in the world. It supports both single and multi-signature wallets and is available in multiple languages. The Bitcoin.com wallet is available on Windows, Linux, Mac, Android, and iOS devices. Use the Bitcoin.com wallet to buy, send, store, and receive both Bitcoin, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash, BCH. Learn more at wallet.bitcoin.com. That's wallet.bitcoin.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want here. We're talking about the future of uh, fast food automation. They already have... And, you know, I think most people knew that this was going to be a possibility, an imminent uh, likelihood that now in Denver at uh, the Good Times Burgers and Frozen Custard 
place. You can go and uh, go through the drive-through, and you will not be talking to a human being. You'll be talking to a company, a computer program that is going to take your order ostensibly and remain calm and not get all frazzled by having 50 orders uh, to juggle all at one time. So obviously some people are going to be upset about these uh, developments because it's likely going to mean fewer employees will be necessary at these uh, these restaurants. Initially, though, they can take that human being who would have been on the drive through and put them in another location in the in the restaurant. Leave the stress to the kitchen trying to juggle 50 orders after they all come in at once. Right. Yeah. If, if you really want full employment, all you have to do is uh, abolish trucks and let people carry goods from city <laughs> to city on their backs. Be careful. There's some uh, some Democrats who might actually be on board with that idea. There's did you hear about this green package thing that they uh, they're proposing where they want to literally get rid of cars? Is that part of the Green New Deal? Oh, they want to get rid of cars and airplanes. So that means we're going to have to have high-speed rail from (laughs) here to Hawaii. And a lot of boats. (laughs) Uh, Bitcoin.com, by the way, your premier source for everything Bitcoin-related. You can learn about how to get a Bitcoin wallet and buy some Bitcoin and find out where you can even spend Bitcoin. Plus, read the latest news or engage with the community on the Bitcoin forum. You can go to Bitcoin.com to do that. And there's a great uh, Bitcoin.com academy there as well. Well, where you can learn the basics about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin.com as we continue here talking about the developments in the fast food business, something that a lot of Americans share in common. They may not agree on where to go get fast food, but a lot of people in this country sure do it regularly. And you're seeing more and more automation as uh, as time goes on. So back to the story here from the San Francisco Gate. Carpenter is the uh, is their uh, CEO, Rob Carpenter, the fo- founder of Valiant AI. That's the company that has created this automated attendant. He says the assistant's conversational cadence, which sounds more like a fluid version of Amazon's Alexa, was designed to replicate human interactions with limited pauses and a menu-based script that varies uh, depending on the exchange. In a video demonstrating its assistant, a woman's voice can be heard saying, Hi, I'm your automated order taker. Take your time. Order when ready. At least they're admitting it up front. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, When a man in a video asks for a breakfast burrito, the robot describes two different types of burritos and asks which one he would like. After discussing specific details of the order and asking whether he wants a drink or combo meal, the voice assistant confirms the order one last time. Thank you. Please pull forward to the window, the voice says, concluding the interaction. Other companies are pitching similar technology to McDonald's and Taco Bell, as well as several major banks, according to TechCrunch. That's not a surprise, right? I don't like the automated banks. What do you mean? Well, when you when you when I need to talk to someone at a bank, I don't like going through the automated menu. On Unlike the phone. a call when you're calling in. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, us, usually my issue is more complex than. than they can would you handle. like to check your statement? Right. And what's your current balance? And what do you have outstanding? No, I need. I have an issue, and I don't want to go to the bank. Yeah. So if it was trivial, I would have done it online. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> at this point, yes. It's well, not trivial. Answer the phone. I'm curious. I mean, how many people who have a bank account these days are actually going uh, using the phone system versus using online? I bet a bunch of kind of legacy users, older users, are still calling it in rather than opening up an online profile. Because okay. they still ask you. Like when you open a bank account, they'll ask you if you want online access. It's not just a given because mm. a lot of their customers probably they're not into that. But I just don't know how many. 
I guess. Oh, okay. So for the legacy customers, though, yeah. you think you think you really think people are calling their bank number and going like just to check their balance? Some people have to, right? Like okay. that's why that feature exists. I don't, they don't balance their checkbook well enough. <laughs> Remember, a lot of people with technology are still doing what they were doing 30 years ago because what they were doing 30 years ago worked for them 30 years ago, and yeah, they haven't okay. found a time in between when it hasn't worked for them. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, so, some people change technology when technology becomes available, and some people change technology when, when the old to. technology becomes unavailable. Yeah. Well, um, then the, the first question... Broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah. The yeah. first question on the automated thing is... Should should be then is automation sufficient for you? Press one. If you'd like to speak to human <laughs> speak to immediately, operator. press two. Yeah. A lot of times you can accomplish something like that by just hitting zero at the first a lot prompt. Of the time. They've learned, but not always. Right. There used yeah. to be a site like you know get a human or find a human or really? something like that. They gave you instructions for Where, each company. Yeah, for each company. That's interesting. <laughs> and then and then the companies change it, and some of them you just can't get through at all. Mm. Yeah, so uh, if you want to comment, you're welcome to join us here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And, of course, there are companies who realize that that's what their customers want. Yes. And they will bring you to a real human being as as quickly as possible. And I think TD Bank was one of those, if okay. I recall. Like, as far as corporate banks are concerned, they always had a less corporate feel. They've done a good job of kind of hiding how corporate how corporate they really are. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that, that's been my experience. It's been relatively easy to get somebody on the phone at, uh, at a TD bank. But anyway, the, the toll-free number again here is 855-450-FREE. The technology here, in the case of uh, fast food, arrives at a time that fast food customers are seeking even more quickness and convenience, said Carpenter. He pointed to a recent study from QSR magazine that found that 70% of fast food restaurant sales now occur at the drive through window a number that has led to an increase in traffic and wait times for food. Do y'all ever not go through the drive-thru? Like, I'm, I'm har- I am I'm, hardly ever order at fast food, but frequently I'll just park and go in because I have seen it where the drive-thru is actually a long... It seems like it's a longer wait. Yeah, depending than, on the line yeah. and the weather. Yeah, I mean, I look at the at the respective lines. You know, right. they're, uh, if it looks like it's going to be quicker to go in, I go in. If it looks like the drive-thru is going to be quicker, I go through the drive-thru. But, you know, when I've been to... Weather uh, may affect that, my various states of laziness may affect that <laughs> arterial salad in our chat room says drive through is always faster and i can definitely say that there's some places that have it down so when i was in austin texas the last couple of years mm. i always go to chick-fil-a because there's no chick-fil-a's here in uh, in Keene. there's one in nashua but that's you know an hour and hour and 20 minutes uh, how bad do you want here. that arterial sandwich. salad what's that you what it's is that what chatters. you eat before you have blood pie for dessert <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no it's one of our chat uh, chatters he's on a the vegan server. vampire at uh, discord.lrn.fm. He's a vegan d- vampire? I don't know. Just I don't think he's there. I'm pretty oh, sure he's wow. not a vegan. Beat sucker. You don't find <laughs> any of those. So anyway, at, uh, at the Chick-fil-A down in Austin, and I don't know how many other states have this You know, with their Chick-fil-A's. I'd never seen it before I went to Austin. They're so busy constantly that they actually have up to seven employees working the parking lot not like the drive-through lanes they'll have they have guys with remote pads like ordering pads and they've got you know like the credit card scanner on the the pad and everything they go up to cars like walk up to car windows and take Mm -hmm. orders from people so there's no there's no waiting at an order speaker at this Chick-fil-A. It's just constant giving of orders and running people through at least two lanes of of drive-through traffic and 
they almost always have cars backed out to the road, like right out to the street where you can turn where you're turning into the Chick Fil A. It's just constant. I've been to an In and Out Burger like that where they on just the West have Coast. Yep. a half a See, dozen I employees like outside because uh, yep. yeah. the, the line is out the out the driveway and to the street. Right, and they got to mm. clear the street. The old A and W system was nice, where you pulled in, you parked. Uh, you had sometimes a speaker that you would speak into. Sometimes a waitress would come and take your order. Mm-hmm. But the car stayed in the same place, and the food and the, they bring and, it to and the wait people moved. Well, so they bring your food to your your car. Yeah, window. they bring your car. Mm-hmm. They bring your food to your car, and generally people would just sit there and eat. And when they were done with their meal, they'd put a little tray actually on on the uh, that that uh, sat there on right. your driver's side window. I think that's more of a drive in. Yeah, that's yeah. more of a drive-in. I like that better than the drive-through concept. Like the uh, the Sonic does that too, right? Where they yeah, they Sonic girls on does roller that. skates. Do they have girls on roller skates at, still? At least in Florida, they did. I doubt they do during the wintertime in, in, in New England. Maybe but. they put them on ice skates, just spray down the parking lot with water. That'll keep customers from getting out of their car too. <laughs> so, if you want to join us here, eight fifty five four fifty free. Maybe you work in fast food and you're seeing some of these changes uh, come into play. And you know, how is it affecting things? Behind the counter, how is it affecting the experience of uh, customer relations, customer service? The uh, toll-free number if you want to join us, 855-450-FREE. Turns out that uh, these systems may actually speed up the wait because they're just that much more efficient at taking people's orders in these lines. More on the way here at 855-450-FREE. We are here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live where you can bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition of the show here with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian Beazlebub <laughs> and, and Richie Rich. 855-450-FREE. We're talking about uh, technology, ordering technology uh, being put into place in fast food restaurants. We're not seeing a rollout of AI uh, order takers yet across major companies, but there is one company in Denver, Good Times Burgers and Frozen Custard, that has introduced an automated order-taking attendant, uh, voice-activated AI that they're calling, uh, that is now doing the breakfast shift there and testing that. So we can talk more about that, but let's go to BP on the line in South Carolina, listening via his iHeartRadio app. Hello, BP. What Do you know what station you're hey, listening I, to over that app? Just curious. I I know I've called in and rapped with y'all guys before on okay. free radio. Right on. And... um. I enjoy, I enjoy listening to you. Do you know how and you're I listening? I'm just curious how you're listening on uh, I was going to say, objection, non-responsive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you even aware of which station you're listening to? Um, it, It's um, 94.3 WSE. WSC, really? Okay, that's interesting. I had no idea we were still on their web stream. Good to know. Uh, so go ahead. Okay, well, hey, there's nobody on fast food that beats Chick-fil-A. It's crazy. Really? Twin twin drive lanes, and they're all the way out to the road, and yep. all them people with them handheld uh, looks like they're on Star Trek or something. <laughs> Everybody beats them you on know, Sunday. I mean, I'm, I'm old That's school. true. <laughs> I'm, old 62. I'm only 62, but I swear, they they you're, you're right through there in no time. Yeah. They are hustling. Crazy. So, so you, what you're telling and, me is it's not just Austin, Texas. It's like it's you're saying it's like that there in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, as well. Oh my gosh, it's crazy! All the way if through the Bible want, Belt. If it's noon, if it's noontime, 
and you're in a hurry Mm-mm. and you got to go, I got to get some, I got to get a burger or something. And I'm, I'm a beef and a pork man, not really chicken, but by golly, if I'm in a hurry, I go, I go there. So what you're it's saying crazy. is it doesn't even matter if the line's out to the street as it frequently is at, yeah. at Chick-fil-A, you will still get through there yeah, faster yeah. than if you go to McDonald's or Burger King. So fast. It's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause if I it saw the line, if I was hungry and, and I saw and, the line out the door, I would pass right on by right. and find someplace faster. I know, faster. And, and, and when I've had time before is the only reason why I found this out, because I'll pull in there and I go, well, you know, I, I need to make a couple phone calls or something. Next thing you know, you, you ain't got time. You got your food. <laughs> you just barely yeah. put the order. The ordering kid walked away from the window, and then all, you, all of a sudden the food's there. I wonder if they'll get so and, fast and they'll they, be able to bring it out to the line. Have, have the food ready before you even pull through the window. It's crazy. I think I'm going to call my attorney on them because um, Chick-fil-A, for some reason here local, they've got this saying where, you know, you take the money and they give you your seat and you say, thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hmm. And that's what I always say to them. They say, it's my pleasure. It's our pleasure or whatnot. And I, I always say that when I open the door for a lady at a convenience store and she goes, Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And and you go, Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Man. Yeah. You because know, you're I'm, right. It's the military man. It's the military man. You, now that you mentioned right. that, um, I, I think that may be like one of those Chick-fil-A things. It's, it's something they have them say, because I feel like I remember them saying that to me as well. So I think, I think it must be, I think they train, you know how these corporate folks, sure. I've been it's smart before. There's certain words that evoke a certain feeling. Well, it's an old-fashioned way of saying you're welcome. It's something that I would associate with like 40s or 50s, World War II era. I would expect to hear that. But maybe even... You know, it it goes way back. I mean, I wouldn't... That would not sound strange to me in a Civil War novel either. Maybe I misheard. I'm still trying to figure out why you would talk to an attorney about that. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where was it? Why do you have to call Saul? What's up with this? What does Saul have to do with it? Because they stole it from me. Oh, got it. I want to tell you. I want to tell you. Real quick. Um, I know. So is this like 1940 is suing and they want their jargon back? They're not just calling anymore. They're they're, they're firing up the attorney. They're calling Saul. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I was in I was in Orlando, Florida, nineteen eighty seven, and went into a Wendy's drive through, and got um, it was every real busy lunchtime and all, and the young girl at the, at the drive through window, um, I give her a twenty for like a. a, a okay, this story is safe for radio. <laughs> I just want to make sure. <laughs> This is no kidding. This okay, because no twenty dollars would get you a lot to drive through in the Wendy's in the eighties. Yeah. I remember. I was. I'm okay. from the eighties. I'm an illegal alien from the eighties. I know. Well, me too. Okay, I, go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Let's hear the story. I don't mean to ridicule you. She told me. She told me. She goes, "Here you go, sir," and she gives me change back. And I went, "Ma'am, I give you a two hundred." And she looked at me and she went, Oh, I'm sorry. And she started digging money out of You're the You're just screwing with her. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, I was just I wasn't going to take the money. I was just, oh my God, it, it freaked me out. I'll Where never are they going to come that. up with artificial intelligence to equal that? <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and and it's those and it's, those cashiers at the window that can't world, kind of change. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a high tech world. And uh, you know, my daddy taught me, he had a gas station in a convenience store in, in North Florida. And he taught me in an old style cash register. They had a little le- a little um, thing the up lever? there where you put the bill, where the guy would give you the the dollar bill or the twenty, and you'd put it right there, and you'd give him his change back. Mm-hmm. And if he said no, I give you a ninety, you still had it right there. It is. Yeah, you sir. still had it. That's what right. you give me. Yeah, you learned that kind of. But you know, I was at a. I was at a boat show a year ago and nachos and cheese were $5. No, we're two fifty. And I give the woman a five, the young lady, a young girl. I mean, she might've been 15. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they had working there or high school or college, but I give um, her a $5 bill and she had to use a calculator to oh, give no. me back two fifty and change. <laughs> oh God! Thank you, BP. Great call, man. I appreciate right, uh, hearing from you tonight. Yeah, thank man, you for the call. Yeah, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Toll free number here: eight fifty five four fifty free. It is sad. It's hard to find good help, and uh, people they don't just they don't do math like they used to. I, I was at a drive through window with mm-hmm. my son once, and I I don't remember what the total was, but I knew how much change I wanted to get back. Mm-hmm. So I counted out my change in my hand. And I looked over at him. I said, he won't get it. And so we pull up to the window. I hand the dude like my bills and my change. Yeah. And he looks and goes, uh, your total's only this much. And I go, just punch it in the computer, man. He was like, oh, okay. And he punched it in and he gave my change back. I looked over at my son. I'm like, I told, told you. you. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> he, has no, he looked at it, had no idea what, what I was trying to do. Yeah. So I, I'm like, just punch it in the machine, let the computer figure it out, and give me back was what I Was it one of those things where you wanted to get rid of your change, so you gave him Yeah, the... I gave him like some nickels and dimes right, to get so back you just a couple got dollars quarters. Back, yeah. Or quarters, yeah. whatever. Okay, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, however, confuse him sometimes, for yeah. sure. See, Absolutely. that's something I like the automated tellers for. Mm-hmm. If I have a bunch of change, I'd just, rather than explain it to the cashier, I'd rather just stand there and feed it into the one, of the, one right. of the supermarket tellers and take bills back. Let's talk to Greg. He's in Virginia listening to WNIS. By the way, the phone number, 855-450-FREE. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, I just had a comment on the uh, automated uh, order taking. Yes, sir. Um, I actually think it'll be a good idea. I hate the automated telephone situation. But for fast food, I think it's a more of an issue with uh, work ethic than you it don't is like with automated. Uh, actor- oh, no, I do like it for I don't like it for the telephone, but I think mm-hmm. it'll help speed up for like drive-throughs at fast yeah. food places. I'm with you on that one, Greg. Uh, because I know I eat fast food a lot. I work late nights, and it's the only thing open late at night. So I I make sure that order is just right on correct on my receipt on the screen. And then they always find a way to mess it up. Sure. So I know that's human error. So well, no yeah. matter how accurate the order taking is, it's going to get messed up in the back if the if the kids back there are not. But it's going to make it less not- likely, right? Like because if it, if the robot gets your order correct and confirms it with you, because that's part of the mm-hmm. the, the script yep. is that the robot will go over the order before they finish it, and so you've confirmed now with the robot that you wanted a small fry and you wanted no no uh, lettuce on the burger. That, that's confirmed. So if it gets messed up, you know it was a human that that messed up the order in the back, and it wasn't the order Absolutely. taker. Absolutely, and that's what that's what I'm thinking. It's 
I think the AI would be great for order taking, um, mm. but I don't think it's going to fix the mess up because that's all on the back end, the people making your food. Well, we're just entering into this space. Right now, the order taker and the burger-making robot are separate, separate, but they can be welded together once they each work respectively, and then you've got a, a burger machine instead of a restaurant. Yeah, basically. Hey, Greg, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate your thoughts here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. We are live on Sunday night. Uh, that's 855-450-3733. Our two's next. You can bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms? city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live it's Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of this live Sunday edition of the program. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. On the way here tonight, we can talk about uh, what it's like to get a cell phone in a place where you never could have cell phone internet access. In Cuba, there's news about Bitcoin down in Venezuela uh, Americans are upset about the government with fairly large numbers. We can get into all that. Of course, Yay! Your calls, yeah, your calls and thoughts are also welcome here. Uh, we can talk about the prostitution sting down in Florida. Apparently, there's there uh, there's a warrant out now for another billionaire, not just the uh, owner of the Patriots, but somebody else who they're trying to pick up for hiring a prostitute. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom with you in the studio here. It's Ian. The Prince of Darkness. And the Fed. Richie Rich. we go (laughs) to Sarah in New Mexico to start things out here. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, yes. I just want to let you know that our state state is working right now to make um, the cigarettes illegal for um, 21-year-olds. Oh, yeah, geez. I heard Virginia just did that actually, and I think Hawaii's had that in already, place already done it, right? Yep. Oh wow. So, Massachusetts as well, no, I believe, is twenty-one. Terrible. So Virginia is working on that right now. Hawaii did it already, and our state is uh, working on it. So, how many uh, teenagers so- are you willing to put in jail, Sarah? Wait, do we know if she's for it? Oh, she's they definitely know. for I it. Mean, okay. Well, I mean, do they, don't think they're she's get excited. Warning? Okay. Yeah, she's she's not letting I mean, us know because she's disappointed. Huh? What, Sarah? Well, you know what? Um, do they really? Uh, they're just going to get cited. They're just going to get ticketed. You know, I I don't know how. Yeah, but what if they don't pay the ticket? I ha- I have no idea. I guess you really don't know. You really don't know. You think you can just ignore tickets and and there won't be thugs with guns at your door? Well, you know what? It's better than it's less people torturing me at the bus stop blowing secondhand smoke. <laughs> but more people yeah, torturing so. you with tasers as they're arresting you. Well, so she won't be arrested. She's not going to smoke. Well, the thing is, everybody does something that somebody doesn't like. Sure. You know, if you pass enough laws, sooner or later they're going to outlaw you. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. The less, the less people addicted. 
You know, instead of me standing 20 feet away from the bus stop, maybe don't stand 20 feet away from the bus stop and smoke. Have you, you know? considered private conveyance? What did you say? She doesn't know what that means. Oh, have you considered not using the bus since the bus, I assume, is public and as long as everyone well, is paying should, for uh, it? The thing is, I have never owned a car in my life and I, I do not know how to register a car because I, I have problems with those kind of things. What about an Uber or a taxi? Look, I have no money for that. All oh, I do, it's I get cheaper to ride, to ride the bus. bus. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. $2. $2 for all day bus riding here. Wow, all day long. So you just want to be able to ride the, bu- rough, ride the bus without that riffraff that smoke. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, what she's no. saying. Control what are they doing in your world? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's going to be my world because we're going to pass that eventually. You know, if, you know, Virginia, Hawaii. It's supposed Virginia, to be your world. <laughs> wow. Let's just bask in that statement for a moment. <laughs> All hell clean, Sarah. But, I mean, most of the people that are going to be smoking at a bus stop are probably going to be over the age of 21 anyway. So is this really going to have that big of an effect? It's the whole attitude that it's un, you know it's uh, it it's the whole attitude. It's a uh, it's not cool to smoke. It's all, it's, uh, they, well, what about the, the attitude, attitude that take says care of it's itself. not cool to be a busybody and control the lives of others? What do you think of that? That's attitude? not the American way. You know what? What right do they have to tell me to stand twenty feet away when they sit right on the on the bus stop and blow smoke and people with oxygen? What right do you have to tell to tell them to stand twenty? Uh, 20 feet away. I don't think they're telling you to stand yeah, 20 feet away. Yeah, they'll on you and check you. You know, and they'll do it to an elderly citizen, too. They'll do what? Oxygen. Do what? Elderly citizen. What will they do, though? That's what... They'll eject them, did you say? Yeah, I didn't make that out. Do That's bus stops have ejector happen. seats now? Okay, if you if you were to go up to... Okay, if you're an elderly person on oxygen, if you would uh-huh. say, I need to sit down, could you stand 20 feet? I ha- I have to sit down. I have... I've had health problems. I want to sit here. They'll probably spit at him and deck him. This is what they do with Albuquerque. They'll the they what? They'll sit on him? Is that what you said? What did the? What I thought you do? said spit oh, on him? God, and are they him. sitting on old people in Alba? <laughs> it's it's all Breaking Bad. It's all that meth you're smoking down there. <laughs> the blue meth. <laughs> the blue meth. That's what makes them sit on old people and smoke. <laughs> really? I mean, look, I get what you're saying, Sarah. There can be some rude young people on a bus. Okay, I I can see that happening. But I mean, really, most people I would think would request or respect the request of somebody who's obviously crippled who's asking them hey i'm on oxygen can you like smoke your cigarette over there i, I think yeah. i mean most people are going to be decent but what you're saying is the people in albuquerque at bus stops that you've seen aren't very nice people well they're addicts if they're, if they're addicted to cigarettes they could be addicted to meth like you said or crack or alcohol so cigarettes is they a gateway could be addicted to power over the lives of others <laughs> my god wouldn't that be awful <laughs> Sarah, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. But tragedy of the commons, right? I mean, you've got a public bus system. They have to allow everybody on uh, onto the bus, and that means that some of the people at the bus stop are going to be a-holes. Yep. Yeah, well, so go on the radio. Some of your callers are going to be a-holes. Right. Listen to that one we just had. Yeah. I almost never am like, I don't like a caller, but this one. that chick just rubs me the wrong way. Oh, well, get way. ready, because you're going to hear a lot more of her. She calls every single night. Jesus. Every God. night. Well, I wouldn't she... mind having a conversation with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll have your chance. Sweet. <laughs> guarantee. I guarantee it.
As long as she lives, she'll Good probably God. call this show every single night. She's the you know she's the only one who's figured out she can get on national radio and just you know spout off whatever her views that she has consistently. We, we need a federal law to ban chronic callers to national radio shows. Well, I mean, I could restrict I could restrict chronic calls if I wanted to, but well, but there ought to be a law. Oh, I see you <laughs> <laughs> because she's obviously addicted, and yeah. we wouldn't want that addiction. Oh, she could be. Maybe we shouldn't let her on the air. Maybe she's addicted to calling into the radio. It's for show. your own good. It, or, it would be for her own good. Yeah, it absolutely. really would. We should do that. Just next time she calls in, say we think you're addicted to calling in, so we're not going to let you on the air tonight. Or for compassionate, Goodbye. you can wean her off slowly. Right. So every so, other day. Yeah. yeah. Something like there that. There you go. Just just randomly cut her off Cause, after cause a while. We think you're addicted. Do it. <laughs> so if you want to join us here, you can. Phone lines are wide open. Remember, if Sarah's on the line, that's an indicator we have no one else to talk to. Everybody <laughs> else will get priority over Sarah, except for a couple people. There's actually a couple callers who I'd rather have Sarah over. But, I'd uh, rather but, have Sarah than yeah. James from Arizona. Oh, yeah. He's one of them, for Whatever sure. He's banned. happened? Oh, he's, he's currently banned, banned for uh, several months because he continued. He called in the midst of his ban, so he extended his ban. Oh, okay. So this is a self-enforced ban. First, Well, the first time he was banned, he voluntarily did not call in, and he was you know good about it. He didn't call in at all during his, uh, his ban time frame, but the most recent time which was like December or November, he did call in during the ban, so it extended it. That so, must have taken hours. a lot. Cause... He's still in the chat room, though. If you if you feel like you miss James in Arizona, you I can just... I don't miss James from well, Arizona. Well, I'm just He's letting you know. I'm just letting you know. If you feel like you miss him, he has his own special room. It's called the Toxic User Zone on our Discord server. So if you go into yeah. discord.lrn.fm, it's for all of our toxic users, and he's really the only one, basically. Um, every now and then, we'll, some racist will come in, we'll throw them in there, but they leave after oh, okay. a while. Well, uh, so, so he's the only one, he's just messaging himself in there? No, 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 he's talking to people. No, oh, okay. no everybody else can go in the room, it's just oh, okay. that he's, he's restricted li- to, okay. to that one room, so Got he it. can't go anywhere else in the server, he has to stay in that one gotcha. room. And he's honestly been good about not like trying to make you know, fake new accounts or whatever, he's okay. st- stuck with it. And uh, so there's people who go in there because they just want to get abused by James or try to try to convince him of the error of his ways. And so it's just constant conversations with James th- or threatening him. people, uh, just go, you know, attack, you know, attacking verbally every single person that tries to talk to him. It's pretty entertaining. So if you if you feel wow. like you want to get a little dose of you James, think this he's is there. really who this guy is, or is this a character he plays? Honestly, it's doesn't matter. So consistent, it seems uh, yeah. like it's who he is. It, it, so the yeah. guy's just a crazed parasite. Yeah, he's really crazy. I think as a long-term on-and-off listener of this program, one of the things that I liked most about it was that you just allow people on. Yeah, anybody can call in until you start threatening people, and then you know we have to we okay. have to put some. There's some restrictions, but very very few. Eight fifty five four fifty free. We told him no threatening. We gave him a few warnings, but then yeah. he kept doing it. Use your words. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free if you want to join us here on this live Sunday edition of the program. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Did you miss out on ForkFest 2018? Well, that's okay. Year number three is coming up right here in the summertime. We're, at this point, less than four months away from ForkFest 2019. It's June 13th through the 18th. That's the five days before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So if you're coming up for both, then you're going to get, you know, basically 10 or 11 days of uh, hanging out in the woods with some libertarian friends. It's a pretty cool time. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend you check it out. 
You go to ForkFest.party if you want to learn more about it. That's the unofficial website because everything with ForkFest is unofficial. There's no, uh, there's no, there's no fee. There's no ticket. There's no central com- committee. There's no board of directors. Uh, nobody gets to make a decision about who can and who can't attend ForkFest, uh, except for the campground. The campground, you know, if you if you piss them off, then you're probably not going to be able to come back. Uh, but you know, all you, all you have to do is uh, get your campsite or motel room or stay on the road at the motel down the road. It's a little bit nicer there, and uh, come and hang out at uh, ForkFest 2019 again, June 13th and through the 18th. It's going to be at Rogers Campground, the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. I mean, you really couldn't ask for a much more just incredibly exquisite view it's just amazing to be there highly recommended there's a forum there's a telegram chat room as well you can connect to those and that'll connect you with some of the folks who are going to be attending this year at forkfest.party that's forkfest.party so we've been talking about automation of you know technology specifically at the drive through window and some new tech and i wanted to continue because we haven't gotten to the critics yet so the story here does have critics you know the people who are against uh, the incursion of technology into the drive-through world because they're stealing human jobs. That's what it's going to come to. Uh, it's Good Times Burgers and Frozen Custard in Denver. They have implemented uh, technologies considered AI. I'm sure if uh, our Friday night co-host were here, he would say this isn't actually AI. This is just you know a voice prompt with programmed responses. Yeah, it's almost certainly not a yeah. true AI system. Uh, there's very little. There, there isn't room for intelligence there. That's right. that's the point. It doesn't require intelligence. It can be done by rote. Correct. But it sounds better if you call it AI, and it's all about marketing yeah. as far as... Well, know, well the part where AI probably does exist is most voice recognition systems are learning computer systems that have some aspects of AI in there. Good point. So that's where, that's where you would find the intelligence, but it's not an, an expert system making you know informed decisions about menu items. Right. It's a <laughs> learning <laughs> algorithm. Yeah. So, so we're talking about this system. They're calling it Valiant AI. It's gone into place at the breakfast shift at this uh, yogurt place, custard place or whatever in uh, in Denver. Customers, they say here, waited an average of 234 seconds for burgers and fries in 2018. This is according to a study uh, at QSR Magazine. Compared with 225 seconds for the year prior, Wendy's holds the current record for shortest wait time on average, a blazing 116 seconds, which was set back in 2003 according to the magazine, with more vehicles creating drive-through and uh, into traffic jams. Carpenter says his company's voice assistant was designed to increase the speed of service instead of one employee managing multiple drive-through lanes, which is often the case. He said employees can focus on preparing food and processing payment. Longer lines mean potential customers will look for another restaurant, he said. Initial tests showed about a 25% reduction in order time said Carpenter, and with more efficiency comes more profitability, he said, and with more profitability comes more locations and jobs. Carpenter remains adamant. His robotic worker will not cost people their jobs, yeah, was good. More locations and jobs for more automated systems. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, buy... Do you think he well, really believes this? Do you think he really believes when he says that he believes this isn't going to hurt jobs? Oh Well, it, it may well be true. I mean, the Luddites, the, the whole concept of the... Uh, of the Luddite um, incident in, uh, in I believe it was 1700s uh, Paris or 1800s Paris when they introduced the uh, automated textile machines. And the Luddites, who were the people who operated 
the uh, the existing textile machines said, oh, no, we're all going to lose our jobs to automation. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened is the the cost of clothing fell dramatically. Sure. And at that time, most people would have a suit that they would wear six days out of the week, and then they'd have a Sunday suit. Can you imagine suit. how that would smell? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it couldn't have been pretty. <laughs> well, what happened when clothing got cheap? All of a sudden, people started having a closet full of clothes. Right. And employment in the textile industry actually increased hmm. because more machines were needed and more people were needed to, to run the machines. So basically, it was a win-win situation for both customers who got to not have to wear the same stuff six days a week and the producers who ended up having more jobs available to them and higher paying jobs available to them. But is that going to be true in the case of fast food where it yeah. seems like McDonald's is in every place it could possibly be and the, like how much more could they expand? I'm kind of a um, callous individual. Well, I mean, if you didn't have to have individ- have actual people working there, if a McDonald's was just a box um, with a you know refrigerated container of meat. Well, that's and, what they're working towards. Well, well, yeah, right? it is. But that means you could have many more of them. You sure, could but the have claim by this guy is areas. that it's going to not affect jobs. Now, what were you going to say about your? Callous? Oh, I'm I'm kind of a callous individual because when it comes to, I mean, unless we're going to have the minimum wage debate, right? Mm-hmm. If it if it doesn't create more jobs, who cares and why, right? Like. All these people are upset that, you know, low-skilled minimum wage people won't have jobs afterwards. I'm like, well, they'll have to figure something out, right? I mean, sure. they, they can yeah. go get better training. They can go do something else. Mm. And if you... if you That's would, what people with initiative would do, but other right. people will yeah. just whine and go and, you know, get on welfare. Well, the, well, the other thing is other there, are, there are limited jobs. There is limited accumulation of property, and there is one... one Basic human right, which is violated every day in the United States, and that, well, there are many human rights violated every day in the United States, but the one we don't talk about is the Lockean Proviso, which which talks about our right to, uh, to appropriate land for our personal use, that's our right to private property. Uh, so long as there is as much and as good available for others to homestead. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get rid of this fear that all the jobs will be taken, then all you have to do is open up homesteading because then anybody who wants a job can go take a piece of land. So like open up the government land grow, for homesteading? Open up the government land and stop are stop subsidizing the cost of holding massive amounts of land mm-hmm. you know if you're uh, the the government should not be uh basically dumping protection services on the market so that you know it costs uh it costs a bunch of money to defend this land and a bunch of money to jail trespassers, but that money is paid for by the taxes that homeless people pay on their coffee. Okay, that's not that's not a good thing. Well, like Ian said, even homesteading a parcel of land is going to take some initiative. Well, sure. yes, it is going to take initiative, but it gives people who have initiative a place to go. If you sure, have yeah. initiative and you have nothing to do with your initiative, you have no opportunity, then your initiative will die on the vine. Right. And that's when you start doing heroin.
The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's certainly the truth. If people are stopped at every turn from creating something in the marketplace, they'll, they'll give, give up. up. They'll give up. And they'll start yep. taking. Yep. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. And so, you know, get rid of, let, allow homesteading, but also repeal regulations, local controls, licensing, yes. all that. More on the way here. This is Free Talk Live. Are you a cryptocurrency advocate? The Crypto Tip is the ideal outreach tool to help new people discover cryptocurrency. It's a printable business card-sized tip that you can give to service providers, preferably in addition to a good cash tip. When the server scans the QR code, it'll bring up an explanation of cryptocurrency, how to install a wallet, and allow them to claim the tip. If they don't claim the crypto, you get your tip refunded to you after a time period you specify. Plus, if they do claim the tip, you get an email alert. Create as many tips as you want at CryptoTip.org. That's CryptoTip.org. This is Free Talk Live, and it's the live Sunday edition of the program. We've been talking about automation, technology, and you know the future of uh, the fast food business specifically, but it's also affecting other businesses like banking and elsewhere. With you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian Satan and Richie Rich. <laughs> the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. But we also have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms. That's where you can go to sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. We're going to get to one of those calls here in a moment. You can join the Discord server over at discord.lrn.fm. You can interact with other Free Talk Live, uh, Free Talk Live listeners there before, during, and after the show. There are frequently folks in there in the middle of the night. Uh, it's really kind of an international server. We have people from as far away as Australia uh, that are in there. So if it's 5 a.m. here, it's like the afternoon there. So they're in our chat room. So check it out over at discord.lrn.fm as we go to Doug. He's in Virginia listening in Virginia Beach to WNIS. Hello, Doug. How are you tonight? Hey, you're on the air. Doing great. Uh, yeah, I was just going to make a point with the artificial intelligence ordering uh, at the burger uh, facility. Yes, sir. Uh, that's, not, that's not new to the market because back in the 40s and 50s, they used to use the vending cafeterias where you put a quarter and you got a slice of apple pie. The automat. Dealing with a yeah, That's right. you dealt with the machine. It's not new. It's like you say. It kept somebody basically somebody maintained the machine. Right. They had the and, chef. They had the guy cooking the food, and then the machine was uh, allowing people to purchase. That's correct. I, I think the same thing now is the, it's the development stage. It's uh, and you know robotics and, and, and auto industry took away the assembly line. So I mean, progress is one thing, and the jobs are always created, even though others are lost. Of course. I mean. It, it, and then, like, perfect example is the uh, uh, farming industry is only 2% of the population uh, handles all the farming industry in the United States, which is, you know, mm. uh, back in the day, uh, I mean, people had to pick the uh, fields, <laughs> excuse me, and everything. And uh, You've got a story about that tonight, Richie, people picking uh, cotton. In oh, my fields. goodness. If we get into it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the children Tell us cotton. about these cotton picking people. <laughs> Pull it up. <laughs> if you get okay. Cotton, yeah. Chance. I'll get ready. But yeah, you're right about that, uh, Doug. People are always afraid of the sort of the march of development and production, and uh, it's definitely true that while some jobs are eliminated, there are always new ones that are created, and people just don't understand that. They're afraid of the first part, and they don't realize that the other part comes along. Well, the other thing is, it's jobs are not what people need. People need a place to lay their heads. Mm-hmm. They need food. They need medical care, but they don't need jobs per se. They need to be able to create create something of value to trade, right? Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a job working for somebody else. Yeah, that's the worst. I think a lot of the world can be saved by agorism. 
If Which people, is define that. Uh, well, agorism, I guess let's start with counter economic activity. Counter economic activity is uh, providing goods or services to your neighbors outside of any licensing uh, uh, from the government. And agorism is counter-economic activity, um, which is performed for a political purpose. So, in other words, agorism is a combination of uh, counter-economic activity and promotion of counter-economic activity. Um, Bartering. uh, It doesn't have to be bartered. Barter can be part of it, um, but it doesn't have to be barter. Um, but it's, you know, barter is certainly the thing that barter does is it allows you to, to trade where you don't have money if you have something else of value. So that's certainly nice. Well, what the key is, is, uh, people doing things without asking for permission because it's that, it's that step of asking for permission, getting in, uh, the government involved in your life and your business. That is one of those things that dissuades people from pursuing whatever it is that they're called to do. So if somebody has a dream, something they want to create a business that they want to do, and then government gets in the way and says, Nope, Nope, Nope. You got to pay this fee over here and get this license. You got to stand in line. You got to wait. You got to apply. You've got to beg, and most people at some point are going to be like, this is crazy, I can't handle this, all the rules, all the restrictions, and they're going to just give up. And then they'll just go work for somebody for the rest of their lives, and they'll never truly get to do the thing that was their calling. And that's tragic. And that's exactly what the corporate overlords who run the government want, and what they use the government to, to enforce. So if we go outside that structure, and, you know, not all agorism is selling weed, um, you know, a big part of it is selling food, selling staples, selling your neighbors things, uh, things that they need to get to get by or things that they that they want to get by. I've given um, a massage for money just to say I've done it. Very nice. Unlicensed. I want to make sure you have a chance to get your thoughts out, Doug. Go ahead. Yeah, the underground economy, too, if you look at that, I mean, underground economy is a trillion dollar industry, but never taxed. I mean. Yep. People selling online, people selling online on personal notices or on, uh, let's go that site and, and uh, let it go. And there's all these sites now that are la- allowing you to sell things. eBay is profit, but there are other other sites that uh, we have in my area. We have a trading post where you post it and sell it, and you, you can make money on it. You bought, you picked it up at a garage sale for a dollar and sell it for three dollars on 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 a, online. You made a profit. Right, and nobody's reporting that stuff to the government, and they shouldn't be. You know, everybody wants to keep as much off the books as they possibly can. Oh, I, I, yes. agree, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then, as I'm saying, that's the way to subsidize your income on, on a fair basis. Right, and it's you're only working for yourself. You're not working for somebody yeah. else, so your efforts aren't just going primarily to enrich another person. You're enriching your customers by offering them a you know good product, good service at a fair value, and then you are rewarded for that, and that's the way it ought to be. Although if you look at the average business and you look at the percentage of the revenue that's paid out in payroll, mm-hmm. uh, the it's significant. The, the, well, it's it's very significant. Yeah. Like usually over two thirds, right. um, frequently ninety percent of a wow. of a business's uh, take in is is paid out in payroll. Like six percent is considered a, a pretty good. Uh, return on investment mm-hmm. by in most industries. Doug, thanks for calling. And go ahead if you got one more thought. Go ahead. Oh yeah, Exxon Mobil is a perfect example of what he's talking about. Uh, expenses. They said Exxon Mobil made a record 145 billion this year. But it cost them 125 billion to make 145 billion, so they're 20 billion profit. 
know, you know, eight point or eight percent or nine percent uh, of their profits. Yeah, it's pretty know? good. Then, but, well, that should clearly go yeah, back to the workers, <laughs> <laughs> the, the people that actually so, did the labor. Shareholders. <laughs> Doug, thanks for the call yeah. tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. The toll-free number, if you want to join us here, is 855-450-FREE. And since you sounded serious when you said that, I'm going to go ahead and refute you, even though I, <laughs> I know you, you're, you know you're full of it. Yeah. You know, the question is then, why does the guy who supplied the steel supply the steel if all the revenues are going going to the workers? Why is the guy who who brought the tools going to bring the tools? Why is the guy who brought the capital going to bring the capital? And the right. answer is he's not. So if you want the workers to to have all of the all right, the of workers the profits, don't have the capital, they don't own the yeah. capital in that case. And and the other thing is that implies that the workers are going to bear the losses because there's nobody else yeah. to bear the losses when a business fails. And can your average worker actually absorb that? Well, the answer no. is probably not. <laughs> no, a lot of them are working paycheck to paycheck. They probably don't have any significant savings. Exactly. So one of the one of the things that the capitalist is doing is he's providing the cushion to make sure that even if the business you work for goes out of business, maybe you don't get your last paycheck, mm-hmm. but you've been paid every week time. that yeah. you've been working. The owner's obviously been losing his shirt. So to somewhat answer your question... Rich, um, I've I've been known to answer friends who ask me like I because I have a regular job, right? I'm I'm one of those employees, and you know, friend goes like, well, why do you do that? Because I can't grow my own food, right? Like I I have to do what I'm skilled at doing to get the money to buy the food, uh, you know, because otherwise, you yeah. know, you're looking at barter or farming or whatever. And, and depending on your skills, that you some things are easier to sell on the black market than others, and they could be right. And you know, like I said, I've I've done some what i'll call agorism mm-hmm. um you know buying uh buying my underage friends beer and cigarettes <laughs> right and then taking a commission on it because well hey they can't do it themselves and i have no problem with that that was my first job in like seventh grade but go ahead oh no and you that- did all that way beyond the statute of limitations it's expired just to, in case anyone's listening uh the ah, toll- let them go yeah the toll-free number here is 855-450 free that's 855-450-3733 we can talk more about uh you know creating wealth outside of the government structure uh more about automation systems your calls and thoughts are also welcome here at 855-450 free this is free talk live plus maybe we'll talk about bitcoin coming up as well it's free talk live Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, that's 855-450-3733 with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. Satan. And Richie Rich. We continue, and we'll take your calls and thoughts. But I do want to let you know about the AMP program and thank Dunker for being a Free Talk Live Platinum Amplifier. Not only that, he's also a mover to New Hampshire, so that's like double awesome. Uh, but yeah, he's a longtime supporter of this program. Platinum, meaning he does $25 a month, way above and beyond the, the request. We ask for 5 He's doing 25 so really appreciate that. But you can join the AMP program for 5 bucks a month. You can use credit card, you can use PayPal, you can use Bitcoin, BTC, and you will get some access to some perks, some benefits that the average user doesn't get. Now, we give away pretty much everything on the site for free. So, you know, webcam, archives, all that stuff is free. If you want to help us 
for instance, grow the show and get on more radio stations. We've got 194 stations today. We can get more. And in fact, I might be adding a couple new ones here this week. So that's exciting. And it's because of the AMP program that helps make that possible. So again, you can help us out and help spread the ideas of liberty and freedom and peace and cryptocurrency. Just join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com as uh, Free Market Penguin has done as well on the line on our Discord server. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, I didn't plan on calling tonight, um, but I, Rich Paul, you all of a sudden just started speaking my language. I mean, you're talking about one thing. I've, I've, I've been wanting to know what Proviso Lockean, um, Lockean Proviso is, but man, that is totally it. Mm-hmm. That distills my libertarianism, my you know, anarchist thought. That that that's really the reason that I'm into this whole thing is the fact that we we have. The land and property is monopolized, so we are forced to get these jobs. We are first. We are forced to mm-hmm. work for a wage labor, and it's not that wage labor is theft or anything. It's mm-hmm. that we don't have the option to subside any other way. And until exactly. we do, we don't have anything near a voluntary society. Uh, yes. Yeah. And in order to have, I mean, I can't imagine any voluntary society because in a voluntary society, anybody who who claims ownership of land, they're going to have to defend that claim. If they don't pay out of their own pocket to defend that claim, then somebody else is going to go live on that land. And, you know, there's nothing they can really do to do to stop them. They have to be able to you mean like higher guards? Yeah, you have to be able to muster muster the money to pay for to pay for the violence. Now, in terms of a, a modest home, one guy the occupant with a shotgun is probably sufficient. sufficient. But if you want to keep people off huge areas of land, mm-hmm. then that's going to require a lot of farce to go chase poachers and go chase uh, all of the things that the sheriff of Nottingham did. That was basically yeah, his be, job. Uh, it would be tremendously people, expensive for private for, to fund that individually. Oh, absolutely, especially because you do not have the backup of this unstoppable force, which is the United States government, where, you know, if you whack somebody from Acme Protective Services and then blow state, it may well be that you'll get away with it so what you're saying it's is, not a coordinated government after you. If homesteading were possible... Um, then people would only acquire the amount of property that they could afford to protect rather than these huge swaths of land that they currently can utilize. Exactly. And this is especially an issue in New Hampshire when you have the current use exemption on property taxes where they specifically say, why don't you take huge hunks of property, claim them as your own, place them in current use, get a get a pay a fraction of what the property taxes would normally be and just let people hunt on it and hike across it but not live on it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, that's not really providing a service to the homeless guy whose coffee is uh, whose whose coffee tax is paying the the additional cost of defending that land from him. Mm-hmm. From the homeless guy who's buying the coffee. Exactly. That's the other thing that you said, man. It was. It's like uh, Walmart has billions upon billions of dollars of property that are defended by the state. And it is the poorest among us that pay the highest percentage of, of, of what we have, you know, by percentage 
to sure. to support those uh, property rights in yeah. many cases. Taxes disproportionately the affect the poor. Slaves. I mean, if you're going to have taxation, I really think the fair tax would be the way to go. Um, but just because that's something that is, uh, it's, it's very broad based and it's, uh, and it's something that you don't really have to, uh, you don't have to have not the government doesn't have to be aware of everybody that exists. It only has to be aware of, uh, of businesses, and actually, you could do it without violating rights by only saying that corporations have to pay it because because uh, the government like has provided the corporation in the first place. You mean? E- exactly. The government creates mm-hmm. the corporation so the government can control the terms under which the corporation may exist. Corporations are probably well, yeah, the only things that can be taxed without theft. I don't think I don't think the concept of corporations would be eliminated in a voluntary society. I think the concept of corporations as we know them, limited liability corporations would exist, would would cease to exist. But I think that joint stock companies, as Adam Smith described, would continue to exist. And and the difference Meaning is where people can hold shares in a larger concept. Exactly. Yeah. That that was a shareholder owned company or an investor owned company. But it did not have limited liability. So investors who made money off a company that was later determined to be fraudulent, uh, the king could go in and claw back some of those profits from that fraudulent company. Um, mm. Maybe they're, uh, maybe the company is bankrupt, but it's paid out millions of dollars in profits to uh, to shareholders. Well, the question is why shouldn't uh, why shouldn't the government or whoever is whoever the mediator is um, be able to um, claw back uh, uh, profits from investors? So limited liability is it literally exists in and my my business law class that I took a couple years ago when I went back to college made no bones about this. Limited liability exists in order to allow people to escape liability their for their for right. their acts. Yep. And I see no reason to do that. I agree. I agree with that. But I still think, like you said, shareholder corporations or companies where multiple people own the business would still exist. Yeah, I think we all agree. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think you'll still run into the problem is if they are found to be fraudulent, um, how do individuals go after individual shareholders when there's you know, could be hundreds or thousands of them, you know, owning stakes in the corporation? Well, well they wouldn't be we can guilty plan. of fraud. The okay. shareholders probably wouldn't have known about the fraud. So therefore, if you don't know about it, then it's not actually fraud in that case. If it's if, if well, the, the thing is, it might fraud, not even be fraud. It might be a matter of, uh, you know, you backed your truck over a little old lady mm-hmm. uh, for, for your garbage, garbage business. But the shareholder and, didn't do that. Well, the shareholder didn't do that. But if the if the company is found liable and the company doesn't have any money because it already gave the money to the investor, mm-hmm. then I don't have a problem taking money back from the investor. And but saying, that's a well, complicated you know. thing to do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what Rich, Richie's saying here is if you've got thousands of or, you know, tens of thousands of people who all hold a little piece of that, I mean, it's cost prohibitive to go after those people. 
Um, it could well be, and I don't, I don't know how that, that would, would add. There would have to be some sort of bankruptcy insurance in that in that case. I see. I think that there would probably be be shareholder insurance mm-hmm. available, but then shareholder in, insurance would have to be predicated on actual business practices. So I would imagine that the cost of shareholder. Uh, Older insurance could be changed by altering the business practices of the, of the company. So basically what you've got is the insurance people then watching what the company is doing and seeing how likely are they to generate massive hunks of liability, yep. which it's good to have somebody asking themselves that question if the corporate management isn't doing that effectively. Free Market Penguin, other thoughts? Go ahead. Um, not really. I, um, the, the absentee ownership question is, you know, complicated. I think it's definitely problematic in a free market, but it, it, it's not something to say, yeah, something would or wouldn't exist in a whole giant world that we live in. It's a big place. So well, a lot of things would exist and it just depends on what the people believe, right? That's what manifests into reality. Yeah. I think mindset it's not a binary is a big choice across the, for the whole world, you know? Thanks for the call tonight, uh, Free Market Penguin. I appreciate it. What was that, Richie? Oh, I said I think mindset is a big issue across the board. Whenever we're Mm -hmm. discussing theories and philosophies or how things could be, um, Mm -hmm. even going back to the you know what what does it mean to be an employee or you know a wage laborer or anything like that, um, I think people forget the the concept of mutually beneficial exchange. Even when it comes to to that level, right? As an employee. I'm trading value for value mm-hmm. when I get my paycheck. I do the labor. Time. Yeah, right. my, my labor, my time for the paycheck. And it's equal value. Otherwise, you wouldn't, wouldn't enter, them into, into the, right. enter into that agreement. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. Whether you want to talk about working or whatever's on your mind. goes here. Coming up, Hour 3 is on the way. Live Sunday show. It's Free Talk Live. LRN.FM now has a Discord. Discord is a free text and voice chat platform, and we now have our own server with a bunch of channels at discord.lrn.fm. You can join other listeners as they chat about various things during our live shows, or anytime, day or night. Discord software is available cross-platform, so you can have it on whatever device you want and take your chats anywhere. Join our Discord at discord.lrn.fm. That's discord.lrn.fm. It is Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Coming up, is the cassette making a comeback? It's a ridiculous news story coming out of uh, The Guardian we can share with you. But in the you studio, never know. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Rich Paul. And Richie Rich. We go to the phones and to your calls and thoughts. It's Parker to start things out in Washington State. <coughs> Parker, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, uh, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? Not a whole lot. I have an idea for uh, for sort of creating the second Ron Paul moment. The second, um, wait, weren't there already three Ron Paul moments? There was 1988 when he ran for president as a libertarian. There was 2008 when he ran as a Republican, and then 2012 as a Republican. What else do you want him Ron to do? Paul. What's the you, what uh, are you proposing? One, the stack, uh, one, uh, the 2008 and the 2012 be sort of lumped into the same moments. Then technically, I mean, you can look at history I mean, however you want. I, I would call them like two 
different moments four years apart. Yeah, okay, I just so call it the, the next the, Ron the Paul moment. Ron Paul moment then. All right. In this case, uh, Ron Paul, he's retired. He's not going to uh, to be uh, uh, getting back on the campaign trail. Probably nor, not. Uh, yeah. nor, nor would it be wise for him to do so. What with uh, with uh, he's getting up there uh, uh, in his years. Yeah, he's in his eighties, oh. but still fit as a fiddle. Simply, yeah, he still like bicycles and runs, I think, or he does some kind of uh, fitness stuff. Helps being That's a doctor. Good. Oh yeah, he's in great shape. Well, here's what I propose. Eighty-three for, years old. Uh, for the twenty twenty uh, campaign. Okay. I propose that we start a new Ron Paul revolution uh, this year during the twenty twenty campaign. My plan is a simple one. We need a voluntarist to run on a platform uh, that Garments is nothing less than an organized crime syndicate, which runs roughshod over our, uh, over people's lives, that uh, he or she uh, has neither the intention nor the desire to win political office. And if he or she does win, that, he, uh, or that they will not take the oath of office. So See, that to me is an absolute absurdity. I'm going to win a race, have the opportunity to maybe dismantle or at least obstruct the growth of government, and instead I'm going to say, no, I won't take the office? No, 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 no. I'm going to take that office, and I'm going to disrupt any body upon which I am seated and dis, you know, dismantle any organization under which I am given power. I, I, that <laughs> look, Rich, I'm going to play uh, on... Parker's side on this one. I'm going to hold you to the. Uh, you can't the say devil's here. advocate after right. uh, you know the rest of the show. Well, you would uh, be a voluntarist if you take off. You can't look, be a So I happen to agree with Parker on this one. Uh, I have said that if I were to win uh, the offices for which I've been running here in New uh, Hampshire, I would not be able to swear the oath because you know an oath to me is it means something, and I can't swear an oath of allegiance to the United and States. Would Roger Paxton. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to take. Sure, the oath. you can. You're show, you're you're swearing an oath of allegiance to an organ. Organization that doesn't exist uh, <laughs> by 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 which act the the organ the usurper organization and you can tell it's not actually the federal government because the federal government is described in the constitution and the organization there doesn't they're talking about doesn't look You're a bit it's not like the same that thing. exactly mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. and the but what about the state of New Hampshire do, okay if it's okay to to pick up a gun and shoot people in order to win your freedom, it's okay to take an oath to an illegitimate organization that doesn't actually exist, and then turn around and but dismantle they think it does. that. Well, that's okay. They'll probably think you're you're a bad person, but you're dismantling their government. They're going to think that anyway. Well, you said it's but thieves and essence, liars what anyway. Doing is, so you don't you, owe them if anything. You do take the, if, if you do take the oath of office, and you do take that office, you are essentially joining an organized crime syndicate. And so you are becoming one of them. Well, Whereas, the same thing could be said of an FBI agent that uh, that infiltrates an actual organized crime syndicate, but 
if his intention in doing that is to dismantle the thing and not to actually further its interests or make it money, then what he's doing is somewhat different. Uh, Same thing about being an anarchist and staying in the military so that if and when the revolution comes, you'll have a pl- you'll have an opportunity to monkey wrench things. Um, I certainly well, we hope can, there are people in the military to, uh, who are thinking that. We can continue to uh, parse this out. Uh, there's more to uh, my proposition. Oh, yeah. How did Ron Paul come into play in this? So, okay, so you say a, a, Ron Paul light. a candidate should uh, pledge to not take the oath. And now go ahead with the rest of your pitch. Which Ron Paul okay. did not do. Yeah, he took the oath. Okay, well, yeah. but, but this would be similar to a Ron Paul moment, but not the, the same as. So, okay, different different term then. Let's call and it as Richie Rich Paul pointed out, you are basically describing the Adam Kokesh campaign, although I think he would swear <laughs> the oath because he would probably no, do that. This is, this is different because Adam Kokesh actually wants to office and yeah but he says it's not president he's running for not president is what he's saying yeah yeah you can't you can't you can't run for not sure he can he is (laughs) yes he can (laughs) you can't tell him what to do can do just about anything (laughs) all right well whatever anyway go ahead with the rest of the pitch make it quick the the individual should discourage people from uh political voting entirely and it uh gives legitimacy to the illegitimate system no it doesn't the goal is not no, this now is, this is frequently these... the refrain of the anti-voter and it doesn't uh give legitimacy what gives pe- what gives the system legitimacy is people's belief in it and their obedience to it uh not whether but, or not they show up at a poll voting does no, it doesn't. You can watch. You can watch the uh, the various different elections where zero percent will turn out every now and then. It happens in like small towns or whatever, where not even the candidates themselves will actually go and vote for themselves. Where actually zero percent turn out to vote, but yet there are provisions in place that will go ahead and you know name somebody. Somebody will get chosen yeah. for that office. There in are a ways. Federal or a tosses, guy you know? or cat. There's coin yeah. tosses. In a federal election, if nobody voted for president, literally, then the Electoral College would be, uh, I don't know who would go to the elect- Electoral College exactly, mm-hmm. but I know that somebody would go, and yeah, it would probably come down to a po- coin toss. They have some provision, drawing they, straws or and whatever. And then they would vote. And yeah. even if the Electoral College never voted then it would go to the Congress to select the president. There's all kinds of provisions. Not voting is not going to stop them. The other thing is it's not rational to expect government employees to stop voting. Correct. So basically, if you stop voting, what you do is you hand over control of the government government to its own employees. Yep. Who are going to pursue their interests, not yours. That's absolutely true. But that's why it's very rare that you'll find a 0% election. But whenever you do, you always you always see that somebody gets the office and the government continues because those people who didn't vote still pay taxes. And they still yeah. go and they obey the, the government licensing laws and restrictions and obedience. But yeah. do you remember in Florida when, the, uh, when they elected a libertarian majority to one of the mud boards? Uh, well, we called them mud boards. They mm-hmm. were actually soil called water. soil and water conservation <laughs> boards. But, you know, did mix they it together, the it's water. They did. They oh, disbanded yeah. the thing. It was, uh, <laughs> I think it was Seminole County. Interesting. Um, Parker, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate uh, hearing from you. I, Parker's always got these pie-in-the-sky ideas about how, you know, he, we can change everything. And- I want to be on his side. It just, I'm I'm confused. Yeah. Because at one time, at one point, I'm not a big fan of political activism. No, you're an anarchist, right? 
You so, have a show. You've got a show. What's it, what's it called? The Anarchist Experience. And where do people go to download Anarchistexperience.com. All right. See, I'm uh, an anarchist, and I'm definitely a, fu- uh, a fan of political activists. See? Activism. But, I just, but his idea was to run a candidate, refuse to take the oath of office, and then promote not voting, mm-hmm. which means the candidate, if everyone listened to him, would still lose. Sure. And it wouldn't matter <laughs> that they But the thing is, oath. any plan that requires everyone to do a thing is a failure from the get-go, because everyone's not going to do that thing at any point. There it's are true. always going to be people who disagree with you, especially, as you pointed out, Rich, the government employees themselves who have an incentive to continue voting and continue uh, perpetuating that, that system. So this yeah. whole let's get everybody to not vote plan, it's dead from the, you know, the word go. Uh, it may, might make you feel all principled to talk about, but there's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition here. We'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733 with you tonight, Ian. Rich Paul. And Richie Rich. And don't forget, we've got clips, video clips of Free Talk Live that Eric Free Rock has come out of retirement and is making for us. He's actually putting them up on his own YouTube channel, which is called Liberty Bits. You can subscribe easily by going to clips.freetalklive.com. And he's been doing like two or three clips a day of our show. So it's an easier way to share maybe a segment or two, you know, something we were talking about. You want to share that with your friends or family on your social media? Share one of the video clips. That way you don't have to give them a whole two-hour-long show and be like, oh, yeah, you got to tune to 38 minutes in or whatever. It's just right there in in video form. It's easy to share. So check out clips.freetalklive.com to do that. And also, if you're following us on social media, the clips are being auto-posted to our Twitter, our Mastodon, and Telegram channel. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's twitter.freetalklive.com. Mastodon is toot.freetalklive.com. That's a decentralized competitor to Twitter. It's very, very cool. And then also telegram.freetalklive.com. So how does Mastodon work? Very well. I, I guess that's a, fi- that's a sufficient answer for this audience. I'll it, ask you again after the show. It works like um, Twitter. So if you're familiar with Twitter, it's like that with the hashtags and the at symbols. Yeah, but Twitter is centralized, so it, so it must work differently to be decentralized. To the user, it works is it, like is Twitter. Is it on a blockchain? No. Is no, it... blockchains are inefficient, so you wouldn't want to put it on a blockchain. Well, that's it's what just, I was thinking. It's yeah. decentralized and federated, which means that there are thousands of servers that can connect to one another. So I'm on the Liberdon server which is the libertarian Mm -hmm. server the default one for mastodon made by the mastodon programmers is based in europe and it's very restrictive as far as its free speech doesn't have it basically there's no free speech well it can't have it in germany exactly it's germany and uh, france actually their regulations are what control the main server so there's thousands Mm -hmm. of other servers that you can join and then each server gets to admin gets to decide who to federate with so do you want to not federate with the nazis probably a good idea you can disconnect from them uh, you can disconnect from the servers that you don't want to be associated with, basically. So each server admin gets to decide their own policies about what's you know what's allowed and what's not. And that would filter so that's out the more content. or less the same model that Usenet would use. Yeah, um, you can look at it that way, except yeah. it's much more user friendly than uh, than Usenet. Right. Well, yeah. I loved Usenet back in sure, the day. Sure, but you're. You and I were around back in the day when, you know, that was That's a thing. True. Usenet's still there. You can still get on Usenet. Uh, yeah, but Usenet isn't Usenet anymore when it's not like 90% written by PhDs, which What's is... that? Uh, PhD? What is that? PhD? Oh, PhD. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought you said PhD. 
Gotcha. I, I, I think I stuttered a little gotcha. bit. Or, uh, but, but yeah, I was trying to say PhD. And, uh, you know, the just the intellectual content of, of Usenet went down the tubes when see. Uh, Al Gore said, uh, said he was going to build an information superhighway and people discovered that the internet had existed since the 60s. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do we need an FTL IRC chat room? We had again? one. I we know. Had, it's still there. Okay. Uh, for LRN.FM, that's actually what we had before the Discord server. So th- that still exists, but I don't think anybody's been in it for a long time in any meaningful fashion. It just kind of became a troll zone. Or a Yahoo uh, group. For a while. Yahoo groups. Yeah, that goes back, huh? No, nobody <laughs> has a Yahoo group anymore. I mean, at least nobody I know yeah. is using that. No mailing list. Um, yeah, there is actually a mailing list. That There's, would be smart. Uh, you can sign up for emails from Free Talk Live. We do them on a weekly basis. You can go to. Uh, freetalklive.com the email is uh, the email box is right there on the front page of the website so it's almost as old as cassette tapes but you know what if you want to reach people email is still a good way to do it that's true it's still a good way because you're not being moderated by any algorithm on some social media site that wants to not have you reach the people that you want to reach so let's go uh, back to the phones to the fun we got larry he's in charleston south carolina listening to wtma hello larry Yes, sir. Yes. First of all, you both recognize that we are taxed into nearly tax slavery. Sure. I think all three of us recognize that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, however, one of the things that I've paid a lot of attention to and know quite a bit about is that, uh, is the concept of the fair tax, which is, uh, I don't know what tax is fair. Yeah, there's no such thing. Zero. It's a consumption tax. And in the um, alliteration of the fair, uh, of the consumption tax, they want to tax. You might have been consuming a a little bit tonight, huh? (laughs) Just saying. 23%. 23%. alcohol? Which is. Sorry. Sir. Go ahead. Excuse me? Okay, Sorry. don't bust his balls. He's getting there. He's getting there. 23% is a fair I, tax I am, for I, consumption. Give me a break here. Okay. I, you know, I'm okay. Go ahead. The idea is they want to charge a 23% tax. And, uh, that, and however, I believe that it would be more reasonable to charge a 15% tax because 15% of our national gross domestic product is fifteen trillion dollars. No, it's twenty trillion dollars, and and fifteen percent of twenty trillion dollars no. is three trillion dollars, which is the amount of money. I was wondering. Come on, buddies. Was that a sound effect? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't mean to out you, bro. (laughs) My numbers are dead on. Look, Larry, here's what I I have to say about the, uh, the tax that you're referring to. 
I remember years ago on Free Talk Live, we interviewed one of the, the so-called fair tax people for like an hour and a half. But we hardly ever mm-hmm. do interviews on Free Talk Live, but this was one of the ones we did. Right. We got it. We got into it deep. Right. And of course, the claim is they've been pushing this thing for decades now. It's yeah. been a couple decades that they've been trying mm-hmm. to do something with this, and it's never gone anywhere. But the the proposal that they make is that it should be twenty three to twenty nine percent is usually the higher end that they'll, no, sir. they'll mention. Wait, wait, give me a break here. No, I'm not, hold on. I'm gonna. You brought this thing up, and I'm gonna you know explain my opinion at the very least about it and then you guys are certainly free to well to weigh in here but the proposal as i recall them making it was usually 23 to 29 percent so they they don't know what it's going to end up being and they also claim that they think they can get rid of the irs but that's not always part of the proposal it's not necessarily going to be the case that the so-called fair tax will go into place and that they'll abolish the irs at the same time that's it's much problem. more likely that the irs will stay in place maybe they'll roll okay. back some of the now, what do you mean by the irs existing do you mean the irs will continue to be the name of the organization that administers the fair tax no that the income or tax are will you stay that the income tax right. would exist that the income tax will stay now it may not stay as is they might roll up remember how they See, started the, the tax back when it was only going to be on rich people and then they expanded it to include you know a yeah. wider range well so then maybe they'll roll it back a little bit and they'll say see it won't it won't apply to most people we're just going to tax the yeah, rich see the fair and, tax proposal itself has a whole list of taxes that it would uh that it would replace but that's and not going to happen designed to be that's never going to happen well, the well, caller was then, talking about a consumption well, then tax the fair, as a fair tax as well. That's what the proposal well, the is. It's a national sales tax. Consumption tax. Okay. It's a national it's not sales, a sales tax. tax. It's a consumption tax. What's the difference? Uh, difference is sales tax covers used goods. Uh, consumption tax does not. Uh, consumption t- tax covers services. Sales tax does Where's not. There's more coming up here at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Is spreading the message of liberty, cryptocurrency, and peace around the globe worth $2 per month to you? As you may already know, in addition to our internet feed, LRN.FM broadcasts on free-to-air satellite across North and Central America, as well as Sub-Saharan Africa. And we've been available on satellite for free 24-7 since 2010. The LRN.FM free-to-air satellite signal is reaching some of the most oppressive regimes in the world, and there's no doubt our ideas are making an impact. You can learn more about the channel's impact by watching the three-minute video at fund.lrn.fm. If you'd like to help free minds globally with our ideas of liberty, cryptocurrency, and peace, you can donate as little as $2 per month via fund.lrn.fm. You can help us continue and expand our satellite broadcast to multiple continents. Visit fund.lrn.fm today, and thank you for your help. Don't forget to share the link on social media. That's fund.lrn.fm. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing toll-free. Our number is 855-450-FREE, live Sunday edition of the show with you tonight. You've got Ian, Rich Paul, and Richie Rich. 855-450-FREE as we continue here. We've uh, been talking about technology in the workplace, and that's resulted in conversations about everything from the minimum wage to the fair tax, government regulations, and so on. I haven't really gotten to any other show prep, which is fine. We don't mind that, especially when you guys are participating on the phones, as you are. So we're going to go and continue with your calls and thoughts here. E. Greg is on the line on our Discord server. Uh, E. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey. 
Hey. Um, I was wondering, did you guys ever talk about uh, Andrew Yang, who's running for president? Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Doesn't ring a bell. Interesting. Okay. Um, he's a Chinese American. He's out of New York City. And okay. his whole platform is about um, UBI, Universal Basic Income. Oh, boy. All right. Well, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> sure. Um, well, basically, you know, he's recognizing the effect that technology is having on workers. Kind of what you guys are talking about. Truck driving, for example, uh, 70 million people, I think, um, are, are drivers. And there's going to be self-driving cars. There's going to be self-driving trucks um, on the road. A lot of the jobs are going to be either replaced or one person will be able to do the job of many people. What will yeah. those truck drivers do? Something else. Something else. Something else. And they should be able to have a safety net to be able to switch their job, to go to school and to, you know, invest, maybe even um, uh, raise like their children and spend time with their children. Okay. So do you believe that everybody who is born should be subject to the safety net? Everyone who is born? Yes. As opposed to as people who are not born? Uh, as a, <laughs> do you believe that all people should should receive this, this safety net um, um, payment and basically their, their survival should be insured? Well, me personally, um, I, I think so. But Andrew's mm. platform is only for adults. It is not for children. Okay, that's actually an, an interesting uh, modification, and it does um, it does address one of the complaints, which is if you, if it's paid out to children, then that would encourage parents to have more children in order mm. to get more UBI. Like so welfare, if you it, well, that's exactly how welfare works, and that's one of the reasons that I think a modified UBI, like you're describing in Yang, why I think it would be better than the existing welfare system in almost exactly the same ways that I think the fair tax would be better than the uh, the existing taxation uh, system because it is simpler, it's streamlined, it doesn't reward nonsense. Uh, which... But would either of these proposals come into play with the other stuff being wiped out, right? Because the fair tax supposedly is going to get rid yeah. of the IRS, but you know the pl the politicians aren't likely going to follow through well, with that. The thing so you're going to end up with both. That is part of the fair tax proposal. So if it doesn't it can be stripped include out. the repeal, then it's no longer the fair tax, well, in my opinion. <laughs> then you might end up with a national sales tax or consumption tax, as you described it earlier, and an income tax on top of that. And same and thing with the UBI. Tax. You may end up with a UBI and welfare which, on top. You might, in right. which case you've just... Uh, you know, the other nice thing about the uh, about the fair tax is that agorists can evade it completely and effectively, which makes it much nicer than the... Uh, just don't collect it. I well, mean, they have so agents don't register you. your business. They, it's you right know. there on Main Street. They're going to find you. <laughs> Uh well somebody's going to report maybe you. Maybe your business isn't going to be on isn't going Some to be snitch on Main Street. Is going to report you and they're mm. going to investigate you just like the IRS investigates people now. Like like I was saying, if I'm opening up a store and you're saying it's a consumption tax, mm. so therefore if it's a used item, I don't have to collect it. All of a sudden all my items are used. You think you think they're yeah. not going to have a problem with that? Um I don't know exactly 
exactly what they're going to do. I don't I don't think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a matter of whether the item is new or used. I mm-hmm. think the item is the the question is um someone have to charge 23% on my thrift store? Uh no. No, because I because they would I don't think declaring it used would would work because I think that that it's what they want is that the tax gets paid on every item once. So it gets it 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 is paid on first consumer sale. Mm. Okay, mm. is the technical term and I've been reaching for that term through this whole show and I finally came up first consumer sale. So your thrift shop would not be um be subject to it when you bought a car new off the lot that would be subject to it but when you resold that car it would not be subject to the fair correct me if i'm wrong does the fair tax the biggest component of that is a value added tax on items no it's not a value added tax and the difference is a value added tax is paid by every company in the The supply chain in the supply chain so you buy your inputs you sell your outputs and you value and you pay your value added tax At on the difference sale. between the value of your inputs and your outputs um and that's not how the fair tax uh how the fair tax works but to come back to the UBI the universal basic income proposal here that there's various right. proposals that keep getting made the fair tax had an element of that as well if you recall the fair tax one of the most egregious portions of it even if it were put in the way that you had said that they wanted to mm-hmm. propose it rich was to say to get rid of the IRS and replace it with this so-called fair tax across the board this mm-hmm. national sales tax it would also have what they called, they had a term for it, the prebate, where they would basically send out a welfare check to every individual. And i got to turn you down there, Greg. It sounds like you're, you're turning up some, something in the background, so we'll get right back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, so this prebate would go out to every person who was a taxpaying person, essentially. And I don't know if it included children or not. I don't recall that detail. But every single person would get a monthly check from the government. And that's what this UBI mm-hmm. proposal is as well, is that everybody gets a monthly check. And there's a serious danger in getting people hooked on government checks like that. Don't you agree? Uh, there could be, certainly. Are you asking me or the caller? Y- you. Are okay. You um <laughs> the, there's cer- there certainly is is that danger and there certainly is a entitlement uh, it creates an entitlement mentality it does to some extent but it's kind it's similar to the argument for the for the flat tax which is if there's going to be a tax tax everybody at the same rate and mm-hmm. the fair tax of course does have uh, it is a flat tax. The intention of of the prebate and the amount of the prebate, uh, you you really have to have to understand in order to understand why it's there. And the pre the amount of the prebate is the amount that you would pay in taxes if your level of consumption was equal to the poverty level. Mm-hmm. So that's like your first um, eighteen. $1,000 or something, or maybe $12,000, let's say your first $1,000 a month, because uh, I'm pulling numbers out of my sure. butt, so I might as well pull a round one out. It won't hurt as much. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> so, so say your first $1,000 a month, well, if you spent $1,000 a month and the tax rate was 23%, mm-hmm. right. uh, then you would pay $230 
in taxation. Mm-hmm. So that would that's be the, the amount of your prebate yep. would be the oh, $230. I'm glad you explained that because that's um, what you're right. That's what their excuse was behind it. But either way, it's still a monthly check that every American would receive yeah. from the government and would create a welfare mentality, an entitlement mentality among far more people than currently exist. See, I don't know that it would necessarily create that mentality. I don't know that's what one of the, the psychological... UBI's a problem. UBI um, doesn't have to be a problem in concept. The, okay. the problem with UBI, just like most other things that I take issue with, mm. is where does the funding come from? So well, let's get back to Greg. We'll let him answer that question yeah. coming up here because I don't know what this guy's proposal is, this Yang. Because, uh, you know, again, there's a variety of these different var- variants yeah. of UBI proposals. People keep making them. Uh, and, of course, it's predicated on the idea that somehow automation is going to eliminate jobs when, as we pointed out earlier, it usually just people shift into new careers yeah. and, and new skills. Um, anyway, more coming up here. We can continue with Greg. Your calls and thoughts welcome in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live on the way at 855-450 free. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Moments remain here. Enough time for you. If you want to dial in toll-free, you can do that. Bring up whatever you want to discuss. Talking about universal basic income right now. Greg's on the line in New York. We'll continue with that discussion. Uh, It's Ian, Rich, and Richie in the studio here tonight. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Also, don't forget about our uh, forum. You can go and join discussions with other Free Talk Live listeners in a forum setting. We talk a lot about the Discord, which is an on-air, uh, so like a chat room, or actually a variety of chat rooms on a chat server, um, which is fun. The forum is a different kind of feel because then it's more organized instead of just real-time chat. It's organized into different topics. And uh, you can go to forum.freetalklive.com to find that and get interactive there. Forum.freetalklive.com. So we go back to Greg in New York on our Discord lines. Go ahead, uh, Greg. You called in about this political candidate, Yang, who had uh, proposed a UBI, but I don't think you really kind of got into the details before we ended up going off and talking about it. Yeah, tell me about Yang's proposal. Sure. Well, I think Yang's platform in general is really smart. Um, Look, let me talk about U.S. politics just for a second, okay? Uh I think that uh, Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton largely because Hillary was out of touch with the workers in this country, people who were losing jobs, people whose wages were stagnant. And someone like Bernie Sanders spoke to the workers. Hillary did not. Trump did. So I think that in this election, it will come down to, for a lot of people, what can you do for me? And while Bernie, I, I, I love, you know, Bernie's um, concern for the people of this country, I think Andrew Yang almost has more, smarter proposals because he's not, you know, doing a Green New Deal, for example. He would do something with like a carbon tax where the carbon tax would get mm. redistributed to everybody equally as universal basic mm. income. That's actually a proposal that's already been done by the climate lobby and it's in Congress I'm Since already against him. 2018. So that's, that's a nice... By the way, I did just think that I like about that, about that proposal is if you, if you use less than the median amount of, uh, of carbon, you can then completely ignore the system and, uh, and whatever your amount of, uh, um, you know, basically you'll have a balance accumulating in an account somewhere and you can completely ignore that. Sure, you can do that uh, and eliminate your income tax by not working that much either. <laughs> um, true. 
It says here, by the way, uh, I just pulled up Yang 2020's website, and it says, how do we pay for universal basic income? And one of their main proposals here is a value-added tax. So they are proposing, or at least Yang is proposing, a 10% VAT tax, which, as you explained earlier, Rich, hits at every level of production. Every time yeah. a thing is sold in, from you know produ- producer to wholesaler or supplier to producer to wholesaler, it gets taxed. Yeah, and the other thing is that creates a disadvantage for local suppliers above, say, Chinese producers who aren't paying the value-added tax and don't have to carry that extra cost mm. forward through the supply chain. So I really think that... Val- so tariffs on I Chinese really goods, think too, that, then. That, that the fair tax would be a better... I mean... If the, the really the the thing to do if you wanted to to go to kind of the extreme of that system would be to have the fair tax plus uh, the universal basic income, which be which is then an inflated prebate. It's already built in that that there is some amount, and yes, that amount could be reduced to uh, could be called the, the uh, um, could be a UBI. As what well. I love about, by the way, what I love about these proposals is that they're all equivalent in some way. Like Milton Friedman talked about a negative tax. Uh, you know, you have now the UBI and essentially it represents choice. It represents freedom. Uh, what, what I want to see. Is <laughs> That's a crazy thing to that say. That was a big old that leap. A, that a tax represents freedom. There's no such thing. No well, I'll give you that's, example why that's I think a it's matter freedom. of point of view. I understand his yes. point of view. It's saying freedom from the need to go work for somebody else or starve, which are basically your choices in you can go right today's now. society. You can go right now. Well, not right now. They're probably closed. But during the daytime, you can go down to the food bank here in Keene and get a box full of food. So the idea that you have a choice. Okay, of- be homeless. Well, I, I'll explain. I, I that's don't a choice. mean freedom just like that. I mean freedom like if you have food stamps, you have to spend them on food. But if you have UBI, no, you don't you have, have to spend them the on choice. food. You can sell them to people who then uh, give you cash uh, for legally them. Legally, you have yeah. to send them on food. Let's not pick that. Let's not pick not nits that small. <laughs> but it happens. Yeah, the point is, it it's much happen. more convenient to spend cash than yeah. food right. stamps and try to get out of it's it. It's hard to buy so, crack with food stamps. That's not right. That's really. Right. But it so can my be point done. Is, yeah. Well, what I used to tell people to do when they came with food stamps and wanted weed is I would say, well, go down to the grocery store and and get me 12 packs of soda. And then I would keep the sodas in the refrigerator. And when most of the people I dealt with were runners, so they were running in and out all day and they were running across town. Most of them didn't have cars. And so I'd sell them the sodas back cold one at a time. Uh, and end up making 12 bucks off a 12-pack I paid 2 bucks for. But anyway, go ahead. Yep. Let's get back to the UBI. Uh, that's one guy. That's one guy, and maybe that's 12 bucks. But for the vast majority of they want to be able to have individual choice as to where they spend their money. And the other nice thing about this is that if you have a UBI, you might be able to abolish the um, the minimum wage because if you're already getting – uh, Not might be able to. That's that's like part and parcel is you don't have a minimum wage if you have a UBI, um, you know, because there's no reason for one anymore. The justification is gone. I like the idea of people being able to spend their money where they want to, so long as that money is honorably earned. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you're spending food stamps, you have to send it, spend it at some kind of a corporate store that has a connection to the government so that they can accept your food stamps. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, if you just have cash, you can, send that, you can spend that with your agorist neighbor. But remember, because this is going, at least in Yang's proposal, going to require a VAT tax, the price of everything's going to go up. So his proposal is to give everybody $1,000 a month. Your $1,000 a month isn't going to buy near as much as a thousand dollars a month today would buy after you put in a vat tax well that's probably true it i mean unless i mean the fair tax would not have that Mm -hmm. have that effect because it would be repealing a bunch of other tax and those taxes get embedded in in the price well if like like i say if it doesn't do that then then it's it's then no true fair tax would not repeal (laughs) those things um (laughs) how many political programs have been proposed without modification in a committee right like you propose a thing and then the committee modifies it so it'll never look like the fair tax whatever it is that if somebody puts a fair tax Mm -hmm. proposal in it will not look like it was put in when it gets passed guaranteed yeah that's that's almost almost certainly true and uh you know you would have to look at the individual proposal to see it but conceptually all right so so conceptually then on uh, as far as ubi is concerned i'm not an advocate for it me neither I'm, i'm not a fan of it um i think it's bad news like I, like I said before the the break earlier, it comes down to how is it funded, mm-hmm. and the only by force I guarantee it guaranteed. Well, well, However, if it was up to me. I just want to say how I would fund it if yeah. it was if I was doing this. I would fund it first and foremost with a carbon tax because if anything else, even if we distribute one dollar to each person, I know those people will vote up the tax, and I would like to see finally someone put a tax on the externality of everyone poisoning the atmosphere. And polluting the atmosphere, I would love to see a tax on that just for, the, for just for that, so renewables can have. Uh, so let me let know, me throw course, out my uh, big uh, issues. Uh, there is, I I don't know that carbon dioxide qualifies as a pollutant. Quali- Isn't it what carbon trees dioxide breathe? is part of the life <laughs> and what cycle. you exhale? Yeah. At 1,000 ppm, human cognition goes down, and we're already at 400 in the last 10 years. We've <laughs> added another 20 ppm. <laughs> so I blame let, the government schools. Let, okay, let, me, let that, me throw out one concept to fund UBI proposed to me by a friend, um, and it's it seems to be more reasonable than every anything else I've heard so far. All right. Mm-hmm. And his proposal is, so long as there's going to be inflationary currency— the the first new prints should be given out as UBI payments instead of given to corporations. Instead of given to corporations. Yeah, that's actually a that's actually a method that I've uh, that that I've considered as well, and it does guarantee the eventual destruction of the dollar. But the dollar, the eventual Which is destruction my, of the dollar, is, is guaranteed already anyway. guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, so it's speeding that along would be a feature, not a bug. Well, now, Greg, I, I mentioned this during the break uh, because, uh, Richie, you brought up that your friend is interested in working on some sort of a cryptocurrency UBI. And I said, well, Greg actually has already got that project started. You want to plug your uh, inner coin? Sure. What you guys just mentioned, that uh, community could print currency and give it to everybody. Intercoin, that's one of the applications. We want to have communities be self-sufficient, not necessarily depend on government uh, given money from above. 
you know, even though it's legal tender, obviously you need to accept it, but it's a complementary currency that then you could use in your local community help. You so why not just give out Intercoin instead of that tax? Well, that's everybody. the thing. That's what he's proposing is to do uh, do it voluntarily. If you can do it voluntarily, I think that that's uh, you know obviously yeah. the ideal uh, method. And Greg, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, Intercoin's an interesting concept. And they've already got a website and stuff put together, so check that out. I don't, I forget what it is. But anyway, more cup, just search for it. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, Anarchapulco 2019 on the final day of what's been a fantastic weekend. And we've been grabbing some extra interviews here because we can, because there's interesting people uh, that are involved in this. And we don't just want to arbitrarily end things because our show is over, because the radio show's done. So we got plenty more room because we've got podcasts. That means after shows. That means we're not limited by the pesky FCC or the pesky clock. So here we are, Ian and Mark, in our remote studio. And we've got uh, Jeff McCabe here with us from RanchoDelicioso.com. But you're also involved with the Divi Project, right. uh, which we talked about on the air over the weekend. But you wanted to talk about Rancho Delicioso with us. Is that right? Yeah, I thought your, reader, your listeners would find it interesting. So tell us about it. So basically, I live in Costa Rica. I've been there for 13 years. And around eight years ago, I bought a big piece of very barren, sort of spoiled land that had been overgrazed for perhaps 80 years. Mm. And um, By what? I, by too much cattle farming. Cattle? Okay. And a... a Near uh, where? Yeah, so in, between Montezuma and Santa Teresa, on the Pacific side of Costa Rica. Okay. So basically... Close to the beach? Yeah, about okay. 10 minutes drive. Okay, so it's so warm all year there. Warm all year... And not a lot of bugs, not a lot of snakes. You know, a lot of people imagine all kinds of things about the tropics. This is more like, I don't know, just it's real, really a paradise kind of area. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I had a real estate company down there, and I had known about this piece of land, and I thought, you know, nobody's going to ever buy this piece of land. You know, it's really, it was kind of ugly. It was just covered with weeds. It had terrible erosion problems on it. And somebody asked me, well, one time they're like, well, you know, who would buy this? And I started thinking about it. I was like, well, the only ter- person that would buy this is somebody that wanted to try to heal this piece of land. Mm-hmm. And, and I started thinking, like, that would be really fun, actually, you know. And I'd heard about some projects like this where people in Colombia or in Israel had found pieces of land that just had nothing growing on them. And they had taken the time by adding a lot of love and money and organic material, really and carefully managing their water had been able to sort of bring these pieces of land back to life. And so I started thinking about it. I I thought, wow, this would be really actually a fantastic project to do. And so that's what I did. I ended up buying it, and I've been working for about eight years on it, basically trying to improve the soil and mitigating all these problems. Well, for instance, this originally had been owned by a Costa Rican group that tried to do a California-style development there. And nobody would buy it. They couldn't even sell one of these because that's what, not why people are going to Costa Rica. People mm-hmm. are going to Costa Rica to try to escape from California, right? So nobody wanted that, and they eventually went bankrupt. But they had, in the meantime, sort of dug out all these roads and then abandoned them, which is terrible. You know, they'd scraped off all the topsoil. And then for six or seven years, the rain had just created these deep ruts. And, ruts, and, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. And so I, there's a type of grass called a vetiver, um, which is incredibly good at preventing erosion and it grows it's kind of like this magic stuff you know it's one of the it's one of the world's most valuable plants is fact in the fact of how like bamboo or like hemp it, it has a lot of great properties that have helped human beings it's used all over the world for erosion erosion control um 
as an example, I was managing a house for somebody and they had gotten a quote for $25,000 to fix a landslide. Um, and the engineers came in and they wanted to put in these buttresses and these giant sort of baskets full of rocks and stuff. And, and I was able to solve their problem for $200 in a, a day, wow. you know, just by getting a bunch of this grass and planting it there. It's one of these plants where it's about a meter high. It never grows more than that. And, but it grows down like 10, 12 feet deep. It's mostly huh. roots. And so once you put this stuff in, it, it just, you never get rid stays. of it by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's hard. Well, you, yeah, you can get rid of it by just chopping it all off and sort of digging the top out. It won't grow back. Okay. But it's, it's it's really great stuff. And so so we use that. Um, it's also one of the, the top um, plants that's used for making essential oils. So people use it as a base for essential oils. And they also use it for making clothing. They make it, use it for making baskets. And over 100 million people on the planet have roofs of, the, of houses that are made with vetiver grass, too. Mm. So it's an incredibly useful plant. And so that's like the, one of the kinds of things uh, we're doing there. And what, what regions does it grow in? I think it's actually from Asia. So mainly they're using it in, in India and in Southeast Asia for when, when they're like, when they, I've seen photos online where they're, they build huge freeways and, and they have to cut through the mountainside. So you couldn't use it in, say, Saskatchewan? No. It's, okay. a, it's definitely a tropical plant. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I think almost every culture. And every climatic region, it's going to have some sort of plant that you can use for these kind of things. So, um, this this plant, and what call, what's the grass called? Vetiver. Vetiver. So this grass goes, you know, holds the topsoil that exists, or holds the soil that exists in. But how do you create more soil? I mean, at this on this land, the soil was scraped off. So how do you get more? Right. So that's a good question. Um, I'm well, full of them. <laughs> Dump so trucks full of it. I there's, think. <laughs> yeah. So. It, it, there's a lot of different ways. Ba- basically, you become just a person that just values any type of dead plant that you see. Like when I drive down the road, composting. I, okay, I, I see like logs laying there where some farmer cut it, and I just have this urge all the time to like grab that's, a pickup truck and drive back and throw that in the bag. That's Hugel culture, is that right? Hugel culture, yeah. So you know about that. Okay, that's a yeah, that's a different technique. But you, that's piling up logs and you put topsoil on top of it and it, yeah, bury creates it. great drainage. And yeah. we have that on the farm too. Um, but yeah, basically we're looking for any kind of organic material. So one of the things like we do is it will grow fields of this type of bean. I don't know what it's actually called. We call it elephant bean because they're just gigantic. And some of our workers from Nicaragua brought them. We asked them if they knew of anything and they said, oh yeah, in Costa Rica or in Nicaragua, we have this plant that we grow that helps just suck tons of carbon out of the atmosphere. It helps recharge the soil. It creates... It creates a lot of new material. So, so that's basically what you're doing. You're actually, you know, it's sort of with the greenhouse warming idea, you're, we're doing something about that very directly and that we're sucking carbon out of the atmosphere Are there using plants, plants. That, that consume more carbon dioxide than other plants, or are all plants basically the same then? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of how, how much do they, do they grow, how quickly they grow. So something like bamboo. You would think the scientists could solve this, right? Like find the, find the plant that, uh, you know, chews up the most carbon dioxide and then run a few commercials on uh, some podcasts or YouTube or whatever to tell everybody to plant this stuff. Exactly. It's not that hard. It's, you know, it really would be that easy. And that's why they have big, uh, they have big programs in different countries. Like in China, they're plant, trying to plant 100 million trees right now in the desert. They found species that will grow there mm-hmm. with little water and little oversight. But in, in a lot, there's also places like Australia where basically all, all the soil and the, the, the actual 
bio life has been removed from the soil mm -hmm. because for hundreds of millions of years, at the very old place, all the minerals have been sucked out by the roots of the plants over over you know millions and millions of years into the into these trees. And people cut down these trees, hauled them away, and built houses out of them. Now nothing will really grow there because there wasn't any soil left either. And mm. so when you plant something there, it's hard for them to find a lot, enough minerals to grow very strongly. So it, it takes a lot of work. Permaculture was invented in Australia, and, and there's always ways. It's just a matter of how much time and difficulty and sometimes money. You know, you can speed it all up by throwing money at it. You, know, you, can, you can find somebody that has organic material of some kind and just pay them to haul a dump huge truck. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these great people that have great stories where they find somebody that has some sort of byproduct from some sort of you know, corn husks or something like this or roots mm -hmm. left over. They don't know what to do with it. And they say, oh, why don't you come and dump it over here? And so they'll pile up 10 feet deep of this stuff and they come back in a year later and, oh, wow, look, all of a sudden there's you know, 10 feet of organic material. Once you take out the water down. and the air... Yeah, you'll probably, you'll probably have like an inch. Yeah, <laughs> but wow. still, you can do an inch of topsoil in a year. That's pretty right. good, you yeah. know. Yeah, a lot of people, at least in the United States, I mean, I don't know what it's like in Costa Rica, but you know, there's these osplunt uh, businesses where they have just, it's a, it's a truck and a chipper and a crew of guys with uh, equipment and like chainsaws and those sorts of things. And they come by, they, you know, eat up all the extra vegetation that you have, then they have to find a place to put it. We used to take it on our farm because um, we had, you know, things that we needed to fill in and that kind of thing. The, pl the pigs like to play in it, and if nothing else. And, yeah, it just turns into soil. Yeah, it's amazing. You, you know, we, in Costa Rica, though, it's so humid and, and it's hot and you've got rain and you've got this perfect condition for, for creating compost or just creating soil. So you can pretty much just pile up anything and... Just leave, just come back in a few months, and you're going to have this great. How many people live on this uh, this the land of yours? Right now, there are. It's actually about sixty lots, but half of them are never for sale. They're basically green zones, so they're for farming, um, or they're for the animal wild animals that live there. So that we have a lot of everybody has a lot of privacy and and space and sort of green area area where people aren't packed together. And of those, I think twenty or so are sold, and only five or six people have actually built so far and are actually living there but i've been specifically looking for people that plan to live there you know six months or more there's a few people that are doing sort of vacation ideas but a lot of people that have visited our place said that's what they've seen a lot in costa rica is that people do these eco villages but there's actually nobody living there because they're only vacation homes so the people mm -hmm. there's no actual community that's forming uh -huh. there and so i've tried to, to keep that from happening community is the buzzword these days everybody wants a community yeah i don't know what it means but they want it yeah, and that's interesting. One of the reasons I was thought you'd be interested in, in talking about this is because of something that I've learned being here. And I was describing my community to somebody that was here, and and one of the first questions she asked me was, she said, "Well, what are what are your rules?" You know, mm. and I said, "Well, we don't really have a lot of words." And, he, and she said, "Well, it's, so it's an anarchist community." And I was like, "Well, not really. I'm not really an anarchist." I wouldn't say. And she said, like, "She said, yeah, you are. You know, the way you're describing this, you're an anarchist." And I never really thought about that. Um, but basically, her thesis was she she had been vegan for a while, and she found it was very unhealthy for her. She kept trying it in different really? ways, and it wasn't good for her body. And um, but she said all the cool all the cool eco villages are all vegan. They required me to be <laughs> vegan, and I can't live there now. They won't let me live there. Oh wow! And so she said so she wanted to know if you, if I have rules. I'm like, no, you know, we don't have the kind of rules. We do have vegans, 
We have people that lo love raw food. Most of us are very healthy. We're very active. You know, we surf and we do regular exercise. But nobody's. But we don't have rules where we require people to do anything. You know, we don't have people. That, so you know, we don't. We have don't have cows or chickens and slaughter them. You can do that. Yeah, though. exactly. I mean, you know, if somebody told me they wanted to start a cattle farm on their on their land, I might <laughs> have an issue with it. But you know, but part of that's because of the law in Costa Rica. You're only allowed to have one cow per ah, hectare. Okay. And the lots are about half a hectare, so there's not really space for cows. Gotcha. Um, but if somebody wanted to have a milk cow, or and people do have goats, and people have chickens. Mm -hmm. So that's all. That's all fine, and uh, and most people are really very healthy, you know, with the way they they're eating. Um, but she said the same thing that I've heard over and over and over again. Everybody that comes to interview about whether they want to move there or not, every person that's lived in these kind of communities says the same thing. She said it's all the rules, it's all the the, the committees, central committee, the meetings, all this kind of stuff. They. They suck all the, the nightly uh, subcommittee meetings with the biweekly right. committee, committee meetings, and then the uh, the uh, the bi-monthly meeting of the whole. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's awful. Sound like commies? So yeah. It's so basically, yeah. She said basically they just suck all the joy out of the whole thing, mm. and people stop going to the meetings, and then but then other there's all and then stuff the people that, that are willing to go to the meetings, yeah. Than the ones that run everything. Exactly. There's just a few people that have nothing better to do in their lives, and they tend and 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 people want to fight with them, and they're willing to fight, and so they start Sounds running like things. Government. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's uh, just on a micro scale. So, yeah. So I decided early on, like, no, no, we're not going to do any of that. And I have told people, I said, look, if 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 everybody wants to have some rules, we can sit down and once half the lots are sold, which they are, we can sit down and we can talk and we can decide on a set of guidelines that I will show to anybody that's interested in buying lots and say, this is the way we're planning to live. If you agree with them move, you know, if you don't agree with this, then don't buy. Mm -hmm. But I don't want anybody be anybody's daddy and have to enforce this stuff, you know, and nobody wants to do no that. No one wants to, you well, know? you don't want to do it. Some some people do well, want to do yeah. that, right? That's why they form these committees in yeah. neighborhood and Nazis. I, They're and called neighborhood Nazis in, neighborhood, like, oh, that's in a, gated communities that, I'm going like to be that. using that term from now yeah. on, yeah. But anybody that... That's I'm surprised you haven't heard it. No. It is really... <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's in prolific use in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, so... The, anybody that looks that, you know, I talk to everybody extensively, and anybody that seems like a, the neighborhood Nazi type, I kind of try to show them somewhere this, else to this buy. This place isn't for you. I introduce them to my partner in the real estate company and, and say, hey, welcome to Montezuma, welcome <laughs> to Santa Teresa, but this place is probably not for you. Yeah. So, that kind of thing. Neat. That's uh, Rancho Delicioso. Mark, any other questions? No, I think I got it. Anything else that uh, you wanted to share about it, Jeff? Um, no, I just wanted to mention, you know, Costa Rica is a great place. Um, there's a lot of wonderful communities and a lot of towns. Everybody probably has have, a lot of people have heard about Costa Rica. The rumors are definitely true about it being a very green place. The people are really friendly. It has the most eco-friendly electric grid in the world. It's supposed to be the first country to be carbon neutral in the world. It's um, not have, cheap like they, it used to be, right? And none of your taxes go to support war. They have no army in Costa no Rica. That's right. It's a phenomenally great country. But, what about the war on drugs? Yeah, but I, and the number one piece of advice I would give anybody moving there is learn Spanish. If, you don't, if you're not going to learn Spanish enough to have a conversation with the locals, then don't bother to come and move there because mm. you're, you're only going to have half of a... half of the great experience you could if you don't, you're not going to be able to be, really be friends with the local people. Yeah, That's a great point. Hey, so Costa Rica, as far as costs go, um, I mean, I'd heard that it, you know, back in the 80s or whatever, it was inexpensive. What about now? How's it's, it compared to U.S.? It's expensive. It's the same price as the U.S., and some things are more. Wow. Yeah. All right. And what about immigration? 
Uh, you need basically there's several different ways you can have a baby there. So it, it's a good place for families. A lot of young couples that are in that have um, people in the crypto community. There's quite a few cryptocurrencies there. Like you know, I'm the CEO of a cryptocurrency. Yep. And there's another one in my small town that was also started there called Nimic. And um, there's a lot of crypto people there in in Costa Rica. And there's also um, just a lot of people that are just doing sort of digital nomad kind of stuff that live there, and those are the kind of people that do well in Costa Rica because there's not a lot of job, not a lot of jobs. Hmm. Jeff McCabe, thank you for coming on Free Talk Live. That's RanchoDelicioso.com. If you want to check more of him out, also uh, was it DiviProject.org? Yes, the other one. Check him out. And it's been Ian and Mark here at Anarchapulco 2019. Some of you asked, and now we've delivered. LRN.FM's live Keen New Hampshire studio shows are now streamed in HD on Twitch. Visit our channel at twitch.lrn.fm and give it a follow. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free subscription on Twitch. If you use it on our channel, Twitch will give LRN.FM a monthly piece of your Prime subscription cost. So please watch, follow, share, and subscribe to twitch.lrn.fm. That's twitch.lrn.fm.